Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. My heart is missing listening to it, and I'm crying because she's such a little cutie. I've gone through the whole way representative that I'm trying to the dogs, so yeah. they can't get the answers. How are the people going to get the answers? They know how hard I work, and to get nothing at the end of it is very, very hard. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call all right, straight away, I'm going to the phone lines. What is it, Sandra? What? What? Where? Where are you, first of all? And it's a well, a, Sh- a Shetland pony. Yeah, I'm on my way to work. Okay. Um, so I came across Ballyfalang, and just as I passed the fire station, uh, just before the Ballyfalang shopping centre by Dunster, there's a Shetland pony grazing at the side of the road. Now, the pony seems quite happy grazing away. I'd be a little bit more concerned, PJ, with the fact that cars are kind of jamming on the brakes just to look at them. Yeah. So, so this is careful. the new fire station over the ring yes. road. The, the green yeah. across the road, there's a little pony grazing there. But, yeah, he's grazing on the same side as the fire station, like same side as Dunstores. Happy out grazing, but cars, like I said, are jamming up. So no, Shetland Pony is not what you expect to see on your route to work, like. No, aren't up around <laughs> there it might be tethered to a sulky sometimes, but that's, yeah. another, that's another day's no. conversation. But this exactly. morning, he's just grazing at the side of the road. On the left there, as you drive, say, past from, from the it? shopping centre down past the fire station, he's in on the left. And there's yeah. going to be an accident, you're saying? Do you know what? Like cars, I mean, the car in front of me kind of jammed and it breaks. Right. Just to kind of like, you know, I mean, keep people are, like, it's not what you'd expect to see, PJ. No, no, and no. Clearly people are a little bit mesmerised. Well, but, they're you know, probably taking out the phones. Get a bit of film for TikTok, do you know? Oh, but that's it. Do you know what I mean? That's it. I mean, who wouldn't want to see a Shetland pony kind of take the picture home to their kids or something, you know? But, like, it's going to cause an accident. Just and is, to be he, is he a cute little fella? Is he small, tiny? Oh, a cute little, yeah, small, tiny little miniature pony thing. So right. he's probably smaller than a Shetland. I'm not quite sure what he is. Yes. You know, but like, yeah, tiny little thing. They're gorgeous. You'd often see yeah, them on a beach doing pony exactly. rides. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, this thing now is tiny, little miniature pony like. Yeah, Richard yeah. is also, Eber is also saying maybe it's a dinky donkey. There is such a thing as a dinky donkey. Did you know that? Jeepers, I don't know. Yep. That's a new one on me. But it <laughs> looks like a Shetland pony. What colour is he? I, uh, Tiny. He's like brown and white. Brown and white. All right. Yeah. Sandra, thanks for that. Thank you for that. Anyone seen him this morning? A little either Shetland pony or a dinky donkey or a miniature up grazing at the side of the road there across from the Belle of Alain shopping centre. As you drive down from Duns, he'll be on your left-hand side. But what Sandra is saying is, for goodness sake, be careful because someone will have a crash rubbernecking. Rubbernecking the little donkey. All right, thank you. Our little, little pony. 
Why is the theme for My Little Pony playing in the back of my mind now? Do you know my wife told me one time? Lads, give me a tangent. Give me ten seconds. My wife told me one time, right? There is a group of people call themselves the Bronies. All right? Where my mind goes. Just go with me, all right? It's Friday and the weather is... Eh. There's a group of people that call themselves the Bronies. They are grown men who collect and swap and exchange My Little Pony merch. I know not where I first heard of this other than the wife told me about it. Look it up. You'll find it's a real thing. Bronies. Bros that do pony, that do My Little Pony. But My Little Pony this morning is up there in Ballyvalan near the fire station, grazing harmlessly by the side of the road. And Sandra gave us a call because she said there's people rubbernecking and there's going to be an accident. Thank you, Sandra. A lot to do with cars this morning, as I'm sure you'll imagine. Did you ever drive a Ford Fiesta? Was it your first car? I heard this last night. I knew it was coming, but I didn't know they'd put an actual day on it. The last ever Ford Fiesta, the last ever Ford Fiesta, will roll off a production line in Cologne in Germany today and go straight into a museum. It'll never be sold because it'll be the last ever of the 22 million Ford Fiestas that have been manufactured over the last 40 years. The last one will roll off a production line today. Ford decided last year they're doing away with the beloved Fiesta. They're doing away with the beloved Fiesta. They've decided not to produce an electric one, which I think is daft. I think you'd sell an electric Fiesta by the 40-foot trailer load. Um, But they're doing away with the Fiesta. The last one will roll off the production line in Cologne today and go straight into a museum. There won't be an electric one, which is sad. Because I know my Ford... I've had two Ford Fiestas, or was it three? Two, definitely. There might have been... Oh, no. The first car I ever drove was a Ford Fiesta. I shared it with other people. A little silver one. Then I had my own one, a little blue one. So the first car I ever owned myself was a little blue Ford Fiesta. Bobcat was the was the logo on the side of the car. I adored that little car. Drove it into the ground. And then only about four or five years ago, maybe even, yeah, four or five years ago, I had another little Ford Fiesta that I bought secondhand from a pal of mine in Ballincollig. And the reason I bought it was because I needed a little car for running in now to work. And my daughter was learning to drive at the time. And the fellow selling it to me, good morning, Aidan O'Leary, if you're listening out in Ballincollig, marvellous mechanic. He said, that's in good nick. Give me whatever for it. That's in good nick. You will get a couple of years out of it and she can't destroy it when she's learning to drive. It's a fiesta. It's a box. Take it away. And she loved it and drove it until we had to take it into scrappage. So the Ford Fiesta holds a very beloved corner in my mind. The last one ever today. Did you ever have one? There is one. Actually, why? I ha- there is one going around. Uh, I only saw it a week or two ago and I, I was in Douglas. I was walking through Douglas of a lunchtime and this little 19, I'd say 1980-something Ford Fiesta was puttering through Douglas 
And I looked and I thought, my God, what a gorgeous little car it was. There was vans. You remember? And the, the postman used to drive Fiesta vans, diesel vans. They were an animal of a thing. And there was a sports car Fiesta as well. I would like to talk about Fiestas today if anybody still has a beloved Fiesta. All right. I wonder did Marty Wheeler or Marty, Marty Morrissey ever drive a Ford Fiesta? I'm not happy here at all. I'm not, like. Because I'll say this and I'll say it straight out. I'm in the position to have to have gotten to know Marty Morrissey a little bit over the years. A nicer man does not exist in our business of broadcasting in Ireland. A nicer guy simply doesn't exist. He's a gent. A total and complete gent. And he's a national treasure. And he's caught up in this RTE thing now. He was driving a courtesy car that Renault gave him a few years ago. He's given it back now because someone obviously rang him up and said, Marty, that could be problematic. I've no doubt he owes tax on it. He probably does owe tax. He said, I think, in one of the papers that whatever liabilities, or it was in the statement, whatever tax liabilities are there, he'll, he'll pay them. He's an employee of RTE. He's a staffer. He's not on contract. He's not one of Noel Kelly's crowd. He's a staffer, like me. He pays his tax at source, like me. And anything that needs to be taken off of his paycheck will be taken off of his paycheck, like happens with me. So, if Marty owes tax on that car then revenue will sort it out with him and let there be no worried about it. But it was interesting because last night on Virgin Media, on the, their tonight show there, Senator Timmy Dooley was in. Now, as well as being a Clare man, and of course Marty lives, or did live anyway, in Clare. He's a Clare man. Marty wasn't the person that Timmy Dooley was asking about when Timmy Dooley started asking questions the other day at the Eroctus Committee. You'll remember it was Timmy Dooley was the one who brought up the question about cars and about who might be driving cars that we didn't know about and who might be driving cars that we should know about within RTE and was taxpayers' money being spent on cars for people and was taxpayers' money being spent to bump up, use deals to bump up people's salaries. He was pushing at that one. It wasn't Marty Morrissey he was pushing at. This is what Timmy Dooley said on television last night. Probably owes a bit of tax on it. Um, and I'm sure that'll all be sorted out in the fullness of time. But you know what? I wanted to do this this morning because Marty and the trolls, the stuff that Marty was getting on Twitter, that cesspit, that dump, that filth that is Twitter, Marty Morrissey was getting torn apart um, last night but by people who really should look at themselves uh, I could name names but I won't I just thought you know what I'm going to play this I and I remember where I was I was driving down to Carrigaline what I was doing there I don't know but I was driving down to Carrigaline on All-Ireland Final Day 2016 I was going actually I was going to watch the match in a pub and have a couple of points with a few friends that's what I was doing and I was going to leave the car and you know yourself um, and I turned on the radio to hear Marty doing the start of the match because I knew it was going to be late and I knew he was doing the match and this was and I'll call him my pal this was my pal Marty Morrissey's in my view 
finest broadcasting hour and I'm going to play it now yeah the sound isn't great there at the end of it but that's Marty Morrissey All-Ireland hurling final day uh, 2016 that wonderful wonderful moment and that's that's the Marty Morrissey that I know that's the Marty Morrissey that I'm lucky to consider a pal and that's the Marty Morrissey that did absolutely nothing wrong and I'll tell you something else as well do you know what's very handy look at the days of the week that this came out came out on Thursday right came out on Thursday Thursday and Friday are the days that the Sunday papers are put to bed. And RTE management are scared hitless of what's going to come out in the Sunday papers now. So, and Timmy Dooley's right. How wonderful it is to be able to throw Marty onto every front page this morning for something like that. Am I defending Marty Morrissey? Bloody right I am. This is totally different to Tuberty. This is totally different to flip-flops. This is totally different to anything else. Am I saying the most that Marty Morrissey has done, needs to do, is sort of, uh, out of his affairs with the taxman that may be necessary? Yeah. Has Marty Morrissey done anything wrong? No. Okay. Breathe, PJ. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Quartz 96 FM. The Cork Diary. Quartz 96 FM. The Cork Diary is a free service. So if you're a community group, a not-for-profit organisation, or you have a fundraising event you would like mentioned, let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96FM. In my days doing news and features for this radio station, my many years doing it, I did some interesting things in the nip. I took part in the World Naked Bike Ride of Cork and I also went out and I queued up with hundreds and hundreds of others to have my photograph taken by Spencer Tunick out at Blarney Castle but that was me being a reporter I, I'm not a naturist I do I'm given to understand though that naturism is on the up stop it naturism is on the up Derek Keogh is a member of the Irish Naturist Association Committee and one of the organisers of the World Naked Bike Ride and the numbers are up Derek morning Morning, PJ. Yeah, like the numbers have gone up by almost doubled, I suppose, since pre-COVID. Mm. Um, and I suppose one of the main reasons down to that, I think, was was a change in people's mindset over the whole COVID scenario. It was kind of like life is for a living. They realised it's carpe diem. You know, go out there, seize the day. I think a lot of people live by the mantra that listen, do one thing every day that scares you. Yeah, and I suppose like going for that. I suppose this, and a lot of people said, "Well, listen, listen, I'll, I'll go out and I'll actually. It's a nice day. I'll actually like I'll have me shower. I've got hopped out the shower. I'll have me cup of tea, me cup of berries, and I'll go out the back garden. And I'll actually, it's a nice sunny day. And I'll just sit there and drink a cup of tea before I go in and start my work. Little thing like that. It could be that listen that they went to uh, went to the long and said, "Listen, I've always wanted to do a skinny dip, never had the courage. Yeah, and it just went. Listen, nice for a living, go out there and do it. Um, and that's kind of happened. We found that with wild swimming groups, for example." They took off massively during COVID. Mm. And again, people were getting together. It's the social side of it. And they were saying, listen, this is great for the body. It's great for the mind. And then a lot of the people that are actually doing the wild swimming, like, you know, particularly the women, they were saying, Jesus Christ, I'm coming out here and the togs are stuck to me. Then all of a sudden they go in, they actually try it without the togs one day. One of them says it for a laugh and all of them say, yeah, we go for it. And then all of a sudden, why are we wearing togs in the first place? 
you know, it's so freeing, like, you know, and it doesn't just free as it's the mind, it's the big thing and it helps change your mindset and it can actually like reset for other things in your life. Like, you know, if I can do this and I'd never had the courage to do this, what else can I change in my life? You know, could I go for that big job promotion? You know, could I get out of that bad relationship? Blah, 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 whatever the case may be. And it has a massive knock on effects to people's mental health. And that's one of the reasons why I said numbers have almost doubled for us now in the last couple of years. You know, the, the thing with the swimming, and yeah, I've tried it. I did it years ago in uh, yeah. Menorca, and there was a little cove I used to go to for a swim in the morning early. And I thought one morning, you know, I wonder what it's actually like. But, yeah. like, the difference might be between having a togs on you and not having a togs on you. It's a very small difference, but it makes a huge difference. And that's what I said. It's what the is the difference, said, though, like, do you think? I mean, I just found it was a little sort of liberating. But you may be bloody sure, Derek, I was looking around the beach to make sure there wasn't a Guardia Civil wandering around. <laughs> well, I suppose, listen, we don't kind of have to worry about that literally anymore. I suppose, listen, there was, a change of, yeah, there was a change in the law there in 2017, where I suppose, like, the old, and where it comes in, decent exposure law no longer exists. And now what effectively happens is now the new law says, basically, if we were going out there with an intention to cause fear, distress or alarm to our person, then that would be an offence. But as, as nature, we're not going out there to do that. We're going out there just to listen, relax and chill and enjoy ourselves yeah. on the beach or on a hike or whatever yeah. it may be. And you don't, have to, you don't have to actually look for a nudist beach anymore. You can, you can just, you're okay to strip off on any beach. No, what if the yeah. fellow next to you says, I'd rather you didn't do that? What do you do then? Well, I, get, I suppose, listen, common sense always applies. Yeah. Like, if you're going down, let's just say, and there's a number of beaches in the Cork area, like Caliso Bay is a well one, is one that's on there, the Cork, the East Cork from the Dungarvan border. That's a popular nudist beach. Like, we've long strands. There's a good few up by in Shadani, Clonakilty area. Yeah. And what they're, they're all big beaches. So, literally speaking, when you go in there, like, you know, says, like, as a naturist, you're not going to take the first spot it's literally there that everyone's going to come in and see you. Yeah. Traditionally, and it's the same even abroad. You walk down the beach a bit away from where the the big crowd is and you'll just be quiet and respectful and you listen you'll take that spot and then you'll listen you just go from there so literally speaking if anyone's on the beach they listen they kind of know listen they're down that end and listen it's their choice whether they want to come down or not yeah, yeah. you know it says that we're not there to, to, to offend in any shape or form yeah yeah your membership doubled since covid started and you say that uh, there's yeah. a lot of people just try it like working from working from home and the, well, I remember was, the, was the, the two summers, the two summers of COVID, 20 and 21, were two beautiful summers. Spring of 20 was gorgeous as well. So people just tried it. Yeah, it was absolutely lovely. I actually came back from my own honeymoon. I was in Lanzarote when COVID broke down. Yeah. And um, the weather wasn't great over there. And I came back here and I actually got the suntan <laughs> yeah. working from home. So, um, so yeah, the weather here was fantastic. And people, as I said, like it was really literally a change in my, mindset. People said, listen, it's a live and let live attitude. Mm-hmm. As I said, like, you know, says, listen, like, listen, I'll go out there. I'll try it. Listen, what's the worst thing that can happen? In yeah. a kind of way, and then all of a sudden, then when they go out and do it, so geez, nothing happens, you know. But I actually enjoyed that; it was nice and refreshing. And then I suppose it where it came on to ourselves when how our membership increased. It says, "Well, listen, sure, I can't be the only one in the country doing this, you yeah. know." So then I suppose, listen, they start going online, like you know, looking at the Facebook pages or like you know any of the social medias or whatever the case may be. Like they're able to go on to like ourselves, like either join ourselves or subscribe to our newsletter. And then they said, "Well, hang on, there's a lot of things happening around the country. We never knew any of this that was going on." Yeah. And um, like what we promote is non-sexual social nudity, and like, like you know, and like it, it is a Ron Seal thing. It does exactly what it says on the tin. 
like it's completely non-sexual as i said like you know so it's like like, and then the the social nudity and the social naturism is one of the most important aspects of it Mm. and that's really developed i suppose and that's why people are are joining because listen i'd I'd like to spend some time with like-minded people a bit like you would going to a golf club a gaa club a bridge club or whatever else you have an event tomorrow i think have you we have, yeah. Now we have our first swim down in Mallow tomorrow. So literally, it's it. So we have it on tomorrow, and we have another one there on the nineteenth of August. Right. Um. Again, with all our in, our all our inside um, indoor indoor events, what we do is we actually have to book, you have to be a member, and you have to book through the organisation. And again, part of that is reason is accountability. So literally, we know who's turning up. Yes. And also, I suppose because of the jump in numbers, we have capacity issues. You know, so again, so we're restricted to so many people can can be there per lifeguard. So literally speaking, we're at a situation now, which, which is a healthy complaint, I suppose, to have. We're literally speaking, we're saying, well, listen, we have to limit it at a certain number. Mm. And um, and so for so pre-book. But like members can bring along non-members if they want to actually come along and try it and experience it for the first time. There's no issue there. Yeah. And we again, do yoga, naked yoga. We do every third Friday in the month in Cork. I says we do the, we do naked yoga and we do it from seven to nine in the evening. Um, and again, so again, it's a class that's gone well. It's 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 a natural fit, I suppose. You know, for, for naturism, again, it's it's getting the mind, body, and soul all in one place. Mm. Um, you don't have to be a yogi expert in any shape or form, as I said. Like you know, says so like it really would be beginners level yoga. But again, it's the social aspect of it because after the yoga class is done there, then we we bring along the berries, we crack open the biscuits, yeah. and we'd have a little chat or whatever. Now before we finish up, and like that's the important thing. It's all inclusive. It's it's, it's getting people, yeah. making them feel part of the community. Do you ever get any pushback, Derek, from people who? would be, how easy are people in 2023 offended? Do you ever get that? We, listen, the, there will always be people that will be offended. Um, and there's no point saying otherwise. Um, pushback, it's very rare this day and age that we're getting it. Occasionally you do get it. Um, like, have again, you ever been refused the booking of a venue, for example? We've had that before, yeah. And again, I think there was one instance, I think, recent Clarny. We had a Clarny swim that was going regular. And then I suppose listen, there was an objection to that, like locally in the community. And again, they said, listen, we'll just review our thing. So they quietly they, they didn't renew the booking. So, like, you will get that from time to time. Um, but as I said, like, it's happening. How do you feel about that? Less and less. Are you not hurting anybody? You're you're just getting. We are. Yeah. No, no, we're not hurting any. As I said, it's a private event. It's a private venue. We're booking it out. As I said, everyone that goes there is knows what they're going to sign up for. Um, as I said, it's all completely non-sexual, and I think people. I suppose there is still a legacy issue there where people kind of have hang-ups in that regard. Um, it's I suppose once once you go to an event, as you said, you've done a few yourself. <laughs> it's, it's the last thing on your mind. And mm. I suppose listen, but Ireland has moved on considerably from where it was um, in that regard. And listen, it's it. thankfully they're coming few, more few and far between Good. the non-booking events. As I said, like, mm. you know, I'm only mentioning Cork here events, but listen, it's mirrored around the country. Like yeah. we've we balanced low. Like we have over 50 people every week, to, every month turn up to swim in Monaghan. In Monaghan? Two of us actually flew off. In Monaghan, okay. yeah. Well, like it, it's, it's literally... And Ballin is slow. Like Ballin is slow. There's venue. not a whole lot... There's not an exactly a big um, metropolitan bustling district or a Ballin is slow. There's not a big... There's not a big one, but the same thing what happens is like people will travel, as I said, like, you know, it's like particularly <sighs> the winter months. It's a nice social. 
as I said, like if you're going along there, it's two yeah. hours. And listen, well, it's a swim. Like you'll get the odd swimmer that does up and down, does all the laps. Well, a lot of it is just literally just having a chat in the, in the sauna, having a chat in the pool. <laughs> listen, how are things? What, and, what county? We're, we're always, of course, I, I assume the dubs have the highest number through sheer population because we'd love to think in Cork we're the best at everything. Where do we rank? Oh, I'll always say Cork is. I'll always say Cork is the best. <laughs> I'll go for that. In, ter- in terms of numbers, though, in terms of numbers, it probably is Dub because Dublin's because of that. Well, oh, the Dubs don't travel. You know, oh, they're no. very insular. As I, as I said, like you know, if it's on their doorstep, like you know, they're very reluctant to travel. Um, <laughs> and I suppose, listen, it's I suppose Cork being such a big county, as I said, like you know, people will travel to Mallow, like, like yeah. people will travel out to the beaches or whatever the case may be. It's just part of country living. Like I'm living that myself in the country, and that and that's the way it is. Yeah. You don't you, like you can't go anywhere without hopping in the car these days, unfortunately. You know. How, so, did, listen, how did you get into this yourself, Derek? How long are you doing it, by the way? Oh, jeez. I suppose I had an interest from the early teens, so you know that kind of way. But mm. I suppose it was the Spencer Tunic it was the big one. I, I attended the one up in Dublin. Right. And again, it was one of these where I was saying, well, listen, I've always wanted to do something like that, and I never had. And sure, like, like how, often, how often you only had an opportunity to do something on that scale. Mm. Um, Remind me where you did it in Dublin the, again. They did it in Blarney Castle here. and it was a Blarney Castle did it, and we literally did it out in Poolbeg Lighthouse. It was the big, long... Um, it was the big long, what you call it, the pier that goes all yeah, the way yeah. out there. Yeah. And it, it was June 21st. I'll never forget it. It was like Midsummer's Day. It was meant to be absolutely gorgeous. And it bucketed down <laughs> a bit like last week there. It was like, they had 3,000 people in the nip. They were absolutely shivering, like, you know. And I know <laughs> yeah, Blarney, Blarney wasn't much YouTube. better now, to be quite honest. <laughs> I know, well, honestly, no, no, it was bucket and rain. Like, you know, so it was got so bad after the first photo, first big photo shoot, he was going to call it and, and call it off. And then the whole crowd just chanted into Ole, Ole, Ole. And there's a clip up on YouTube there, if you actually look for it, then, yeah. if, you, if you dive in then. And I'm literally speaking, there's a 14-second clip where, listen, there's 3,000 people in the nip in the sea singing Ole, Ole, Ole. <laughs> and, <laughs> and absolutely bucketing down. And he just went, listen, I'll just go with it. And he just did, did a, continued the shoot on in the lashings of rain. Yeah, like, it was yeah. absolutely magical. Do, do you know? get it? There's another chat. Charity event as well. I they hold. I think in September time. Uh, dip in the nip. Do you get involved in that? We don't get involved in that because again, it's a charity event. Like members take part in it. Okay, mm. and it's a absolutely fantastic event. And again, that's another. I suppose where gateway where people go into this, and they're all done for like, like breast ca- breast cancer or whatever the dicky dip is done for the male side of it, the cancers, and they are absolutely fantastic. And it gives people an opportunity to actually like partake in what is it effectively a life affirming event and like yeah. you know they, and they realize that listen listen it's only listen you look at people as a whole you don't look at people as a body part mm-hmm. and like even in our own organization there like we'd have people that have had operations and this that, and the other and like you know and says listen and like the same with like the tablets and they'd be uh, disabilities or whatever the case may be and listen mm-hmm. everybody's welcome on board you take person as the person not as a body part. Right. You know? yeah, and, yeah. And, that, and that's an important I, I did the, I did the, And those the, events are fantastic. I know? did the one in Cork actually a few years back um, and the only thing was I told you about having a swim in the summertime on my holidays. That was in the Mediterranean. That was nice. But the bloody water yeah. this morning was absolutely freezing <laughs> and like, do you know yourself, there's not much pre- protection from a togs but when you don't have it, there's even less. <laughs> Uh, well, the flip flip side of that is when you're getting out, as I say, is that <laughs> listen, it, you dry off naturally a hell of a lot quicker rather than the wet being stuck with you for Ain't the rest the of the rest of the hours on the beach, which is what, which is one of the big selling points, I suppose, for ourselves. As well. When is the bike ride in Cork this year? Bike ride, we're doing a Saturday the 26th of August. Um, so again, it's the last weekend in August. Um, what I'm doing is I'm doing a shout out for a rickshaw. 
Uh, we had one, I think, for like a few years back, and literally, as I said, like like with people's of all and uh, um, of of all types. So literally, we have uh, like you know, people that are, are don't have use of their legs that literally would love to take part in the nice. the bike ride. And says, listen, that's what I'm doing a shout out for a rickshaw. If we can get one for that, to be great. Um, and we also have, I think, a heavily burdened woman who said she'd love to take part as well. So again, so if we can get one or two rickshaws, we'd be able to actually, like you know, like like tick tick to, I suppose that something off their bucket lists. You okay. Know? All right. If anybody wants to get involved or help out with the organisation of the Cork one, it is irishnaturism.org. That's Derek Derek Kyo, who is a member of the committee and one of the organisers of the Naked Bike Ride in Cork, which is on the 26th of August at 3 o'clock. The one I did was at 5 in the morning. That was okay. But 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm, I'm not sure. Would I do it? But still, if it's your thing, it's your thing. Thank you, Derek. 0818-969696. Gillian's been on to me about charity shops. We're talking in a minute. Do you think that charity shops are just gone that little bit dear? Gillian recently walked out of a charity shop and hasn't gone back into it. She was outraged at the cost of something on sale in a charity shop. Also, um, I don't know anything about this. Why or anything they're refusing, but... I just left PTSB for the second time this month. They have refused to do a transaction with me. I queued for 30 minutes both times to be told they can't do anything for me. No apologies. Only one girl serving and big queues. I'm sick of banks getting away with this crap. There's a number attached. 6-3 is the last two digits. You don't say what it was you wanted to do. Now, I don't want to invade your privacy, but I'd love to talk to you or find out a little bit more. What is it that you wanted to do in the bank that they said they wouldn't or couldn't do for you? I'd be interested in that. On Marty Morrissey, I, I launched this morning into a rather spirited defence of my pal Marty, and I stand over it. I think he's being thrown, and I agree with Timmy Dooley. I was delighted to see Timmy Dooley come out last night on television and again on radio this morning and say that Marty's been thrown under a bus here. It wasn't him that Mar- that Timmy was asking about at all on Tuesday. There's something else going on there, and more will come out. Michael says, fair is fair. What if Marty was a PIE worker? What would happen? He is. The problem is selection of people who get things. Well, Michael in Charleville, he is. He is an employee and he, his tax is paid in the very same way as mine is paid. It's taken out of his paycheck every month or every week. It's actually thing they, they paid every two weeks in RT. So he is a PAYE worker. PJ, poor Marty is the pawn in all this. There are bigger fish to fry. He's the fall guy to take away some of the headlines. Same car for five years, length and breadth of the country. So the car ain't worth scrap at this stage. Championship April to August, club championship all over the country, August to October, and the league again in January. He didn't ask for the car, he was offered the car, says Kean. Well said, PJ, says Owen in Greenmount. Now, not everybody is agreeing with me. Uh, if the scandal didn't break, he'd still be driving around in that car, Billy. Yeah, yeah. Now, are you for real? Marty done 12 gigs for free. The car for, for, for the car brand, was he claiming expenses on his journey? That's just the start of things. Marty does a lot of stuff for free a lot of the people do a lot of big names do stuff for free I could give you a huge name I won't because he's retired now but a huge name 
in the history of the GAA who did events for free and had no bones about doing an event for free. Um, so, yeah. Marty is a legend, but if it was Duran Garrahy or Claire Byrne that got that car and a car allowance from taxpayers' money, you'd have a very different viewpoint. Marty will get off lightly because it's good old Marty. But Marty didn't have a car allowance, you see. And, and Marty is also a staffer. Darren Garrahy and Claire Bourne are independent contractors. In fact, they're both, they're both um, Noel Kelly people, I believe. And Claire Bourne definitely is. And if you get an allowance through taxpayers' money, well, that's, that's different. But he didn't. He was given the car by Renault. Michael says, I fully agree with you, PJ. I don't believe Marty did anything wrong, nor should he even apologise. Who among us would not take the offer of a car on loan, as long as we're not expected to do anything illegal? Many, in particular, sports personalities are afforded the use of cars without charge. Yes, correct. It's a smokescreen, just like the politicians making a major issue of the RTE problems while turning a blind eye to other problems facing the country, health, housing, children with special needs, to mention just a few. I've more, I've more, and I'll get them in a while. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96 FM. Yeah, I know when I wake up. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. Starts July 17th. Test drive the award-winning Skoda Enyaq electric SUV at no DC cars. Skoda sales dealer of the year. Corks 96 FM. The mixed reaction. The papers are full of Marty um, with all the different headlines. He's a gift to newspapers. Um, breaking news at RTE, according to the Irish Sun. B-R-A-K. <laughs> There's a picture of Marty. The examiner has more detail. It carries his almost his full statement in which he said, to be fair to him, he has said, look, if there are tax implications here, he'll, he'll deal with it. And if there are, it'll be done through revenue, through his paycheck, and it won't be a problem. So we won't worry about that. Uh, the Irish Daily Mail says, Marty's car returned the day after Tuberty Pay revelations. Probably not a coincidence. Sounds to me like someone rang up and said, Marty, listen, bring back that bloody car because this is going to get messy. He could have had a friendly tip off. but And he will be on duty this weekend. Absolutely he will. He'll be commentating on the match this weekend, as he should be. Tuberty's different. He's not a staffer. New RTE boss to get tough on freebies, according to the Irish Independent. Daily Mirror has the Marty Carty. <laughs> I'm thinking how much how much material Ollie Callan is going to get out of all of this, but that is how it is. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now charity shops. I go to charity shops for books. Uh, I think I may have bought a T-shirt at one point in a charity shop, uh, and that was about the size of it. Uh, books are what I would find, or little trinkets. You might find something unusual in a charity shop, or an old DVD that you've wanted for a while. Or something like that. Gillian, would you would you be a big user of charity shops? Morning. Good morning. How are you? Um, I wouldn't know, but I would have been. Yeah. Like before, like I'd often go in and buy things that I mightn't even wear, two, three euros, maybe a handbag, and you know they'd be making money even though I mightn't wear the stuff because I'd be saying here it's only two euros, whatever. 
I wouldn't mind, you know, but like, they're just gone through there. What did you, you came across a jacket, was it? Yeah, um, it was a good jacket, no, all right, um, 65 euros they were looking for it in a charity shop. I was so disgusted, I just turned around and walked out the door and I never went in there again. Why? Because people are struggling to get by the likes of them then. People rely on charity shops, like. And 65 euros for a jacket out of a charity shop is ridiculous. But was it? would it have been a very expensive jacket for stay? I don't know. To be honest, it looked like a good enough jacket. I didn't even take notice what name, brand or anything it was. Yeah. And you didn't say it to anybody, like, that's very dear, isn't it? No, I didn't. I just turned around and walked out, to be honest. Well, I probably said out loud, oh, my God, the price of that or something. They probably heard me, Mm. but I just walked out. And and did you look around at other stuff to see what price the other stuff was? No, no, I just find in general they're after getting expensive. Really? I kind of got turned off, to be honest, shopping in them. And a lot of people are after saying it to me, like... Yeah, because when they take something in, like whoever gave them that jacket now... That jacket had to be cleaned and prepared for the shop. So there's probably a cost involved in that. Would there be? I don't know. I don't know how charity shops work, to be honest. Yeah. I thought they'd just get the stuff for free. they hang it up and sell it. And I, I don't know where the money goes to. Mm. Well, we'd hope it goes uh, to the charity over the door. We're, we're not yeah, mentioning yeah. what this what one this was. But, but you say yeah. 65 euro is too dear and... You just left? Definitely, yeah. I was disgusted. I'm a single mother, like, I used to... I used to love browsing around the charity shops. I used to love getting an old bargain. Most of it now probably wouldn't be used or anything, but it used to be nice, like. But I don't even go in there nowadays. Another person said to me that um, they were selling shoes from Dunn's. They were new, all right, now, but um, they were charging, like, seven euros, and they were five euros to buy new in Dunn's. Right, yeah. That was another person's experience. The Dunn's logo would have been on them, yeah. Yeah. So you don't go in anymore? No. And I used to enjoy it, like, well, when I was younger, to be honest, I wouldn't I'd be ashamed to go in. But why? so why, popular why? now. Why? I don't know, I suppose I was young. Mm. Did you ever get anything really nice that you kept? Um, no. I can't remember. Like, I would have bought a lot from charity shops. Yeah. Like, I'd often have clothes in the wardrobe. There are no tags on from charity shops that I wouldn't even wear. But I'd buy just because they were a few euros. I'd say, eh, I might wear it someday, do you know? Yeah. And you're thinking, like, 65 euro for a jacket when people are having trouble with money. Paying bills. Yeah, I think it's a disgrace. Like, I can't see how they can condone, like, selling it for that price. Okay. We'll see what people think. You said you'd never gone back into that one. Have you gone back into other shops since? I haven't, being honest. So you just think they're gone too dear? That's my opinion, anyway. And you're absolutely entitled to it. And Gillian, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye, Gillian. So she goes into the charity shop. We're not naming the shop. We know what one it was, but we're not naming it. Asked her not to. Thanks, Gillian, for not doing that. Um... And she finds this jacket and it was 65 quid and she feels that was outrageous. Now, we don't know what the jacket might have originally cost, but let's imagine you go into a charity... Now, I'm sort of in two minds here. Let's imagine you go into a charity shop 
and you find some kind of designer garment. Like, imagine going in and finding a proper Italian, say, one of those Italian soft leather jackets. You know those ones that you'd pay a few hundred quid for if you were buying it new? I would have said 65 quid would be a a giveaway price for that. I remember walking into a, a charity shop one time and there was one of these biker jackets. You know these big, heavy, thick leather jackets that, that bikers wear? Um, and it was a it was an immaculate nick and the charity shop wanted wanted 40 quid for it now to buy that you'd be paying a couple of hundred like but then we've all heard the story and she had it there of the Dunn's shoes which are over in Dunn's for a fiver and they're in the charity shop for seven quid but uh, let's look at what what's the best thing you ever found in a charity shop? I know it sounds like such a hospital radio question, but no. What is the best thing you ever found in a charity shop? Um, I came across a book. I bought a book. I, I have a... My favourite writer ever is Harlan Coben. I've said this many times on the programme. Harlan Coben. I love Harlan Coben. I bought my first Harlan Coben book in the Marymount shop. That used to be down there on Plunk Street. And I paid 50 cents for it. Um, and that's not yesterday. It was an old, battered old book. And I'd never, I'd heard of Harlan Coburn, but I'd never read anything belonged to him. And I was buying some books for my holidays. And I went into the chart and I found this at the end. And since that, I, since that 50 cent book, I can't get enough of the guy's writing. That's me and... and what anything you found in a charity shop? I think I found I did find a DVD one time that the young fellow was looking for. Oh, Rocky, one of the Rocky movies that we couldn't get. I found in a charity shop for a euro. Do you know? But what's the best thing you ever found in a charity shop? Cara, I hadn't the details of this yesterday. I'm happy to do it again. A fundraiser for COH. My dad's had cancer twice. She said over the last four years. Wonder could we give a concert a plug? All proceeds going to the COH Cancer Unit. This is in O'Donovan's Hotel. In uh, you get your no, you get your tickets at O'Donovan's Hotel or Clonakilty GAA. It's in Clonakilty in the GAA Sports Complex. Uh, Saturday, 29th July, at half eight. It's a few weeks' time. Tickets are twenty five quid. Uh, end of July, I'll be away. It's the GAA Sports Complex, brilliant sports complex in Clon. The Legend of Luke Kelly and the Dubliners performed by Chris Kavanagh and the Patriots. And let me tell you, I've seen a video of Chris Kavanagh and the Patriots and they are fabulous. Fabulous. You'll enjoy that. And all proceeds going to charity. COH. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 3 96 96 96. Email opinion at 96 this is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. John in Cove, you're the messer, but we love you. I was in a charity shop recently, says John, there was a box of flip-flops for five grand. <laughs> oh, come on. It's Friday, 0818 96 96 96. 
is the number. Now, you love your charity shops by the look of my screen here. Uh, but some people have said that they are getting dearer. That the idea that you'd get a, a brand new pair of jeans or a jacket or whatever, or what, five or six or seven quid, those days are kind of gone. Because in order to make money, you've got to pay certain overheads. And it's not as it's not cheap to run a charity shop. Simon, you're not going to say the one you work in, and that's I fully appreciate that. But but it is a difficult a difficult atmosphere these days, isn't it? Morning to you. Good morning to you, PJ. Yes, it is. Um, people need to understand really, and I'll just say this off the top first: uh, charities are a business, and you're quite right; they need to make money. Um, for overheads, for wages, etc. Um, sometimes we will get goods that are brand new, that are very expensive, that have never been worn, yeah. and we sell them at a fraction of the price. Yeah. And 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 you need you, you, a charity needs to have a certain amount. We we have we have, I, I I volunteer for two charities, and um, we have weekly targets. Mm. So we have weekly targets to meet. Uh, in order for in order to get a enough money to pay the overheads, pay the st- I'm a volunteer by the way, mm. um, to pay the staff, and also make a little bit of money for the charity. Yeah. So it, it's it's not a it's not a case of ripping off people for the sake of it. It's a structured it's a structured business like everything else. Yeah. You you could be selling cars. If you're selling cars, you make you, you sell a car to make money. You don't sell a car to give it away, mm-hmm. in theory. There was so a lot it, more value to be had out of you know, the shopper's tenor, say, pre-COVID than there is now. Would I be right there? Oh, yes, very much so. And, you know, you, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can go around the houses, you can blame the, the, the cost of living crisis and all this, that and the other, but, um, yes, you'll, you'll pay a little bit more for an item now than you would have done pre-COVID. Yeah. In terms of Definitely. when you bring clothes to a shop, now I know you say you get new stuff like new clothes, new shoes, and that's great. I'm, and I'm delighted that's still going on, by the way. I know that it happened in the UK. I didn't know they were quite so generous here that people would give new stuff in. But um, a bag of clothes left in and you sort out the ones, first of all, that you can sell. Uh, yes. They have to be cleaned then, don't they? Yes, and steamed. So that that obviously again is another overhead. We don't put we don't put out stuff that isn't wearable. Yeah. Um, people try stuff on. Once once a person's tried a, a dress on for argument's sake and doesn't doesn't want it, we have to re-steam it again to make sure that it's uh, it's fit yeah. for somebody else to have and another COVID go. COVID made that even more strict. Oh, very much so. We we had when we first opened after COVID. Um, we were still wearing masks and washing hands. Mm. Um, and, and basically, even now, uh, a morning routine is uh, door handles, uh, surfaces, mm. the chill area, and the back room, also uh, offices and what have you. So, you know, it's, it's still there. The COVID, the COVID policy is still there, even though the, 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 the clients don't see it when they come in. We still have to do it. Yes, and and, and in terms of preparing the, the the bag of clothes that might be donated, and they could be donated with the best will in the world. A person might have washed and ironed them before they put in. Other might others just might pile them into a box. Like, 
would the local dry cleaner be cognizant of the fact that this is the charity shop? Would the charity shop have to pay full whack for the dry cleaning, for example? Well, generally speaking, um, we, we we don't we don't use the dry cleaner because okay. of that because of the, because of the price. So um, we look at the we look at the article and we steam them. And generally, ninety nine percent of the time, that does the job. Nice. Now you will get a, a mixed bag, and once we get a donation, nothing goes to waste. We have um, we have a, we have a chap that comes around that picks up the, the, the sort of donations that aren't suitable to sell. So he will he will he will he will take them away. He might cut them up for rags and sell them to the motor trade or whatever that he needs to do. Gotcha. And uh, and the rest of the stuff that we grade them and we grade them accordingly. The other thing is that on the on the pricing side of things, the pricing is down to where you are in, in the country. Um, it, it's a regional thing, so uh, price down in, in Cork or in, say, the middle of Kerry is going to be less than it is isn't going to be in the middle of Dublin yeah. because the cost of the shop to yes. run yes. Is, is completely different. Yeah, yeah, I think now, that, that's something people might forget, Simon. Yeah. Just because and it's a charity shop... Rates have to be paid. Rates have to be paid. Bills have to be paid. Um, heating, lighting, electricity, uh, rent, of course, which is another thing which landlords can just put up or whatever at, the, at, at a drop of a hat. So that's all going to be considered. And just on that uh, thing about the lady saying that the Dunn's uh, shoes were cheaper and Dunn's in, in the shop. Yeah. That's, that's perfectly true. Now, Dunn's is a massive organisation, as you well know. And they have the ability to drop prices when they when they want to. Right. When we when we price, okay, we'll take a pair of shoes. We when we price a pair of shoes, we look at the pricing duns and we we we, we sort of go under it as much as we can in, right. in as we can. But if they decide they drop they want to drop a certain range to a lower price, and we don't know anything about it. Oh, I've got it. The boots. We can't the, help it. The boots or the shoes might be duns, and they might have been in duns for twenty quid. The charity shop puts them down for 12, and then in Dunn's sale, they put them down to 10. You can't yeah. legislate for that. No, unless you walk around Dunn's every five minutes, <laughs> look, looking at various prices, you, you can't You can't do it. So, right. you know, that's... And I, and, I expect, and on the other side of things, I can understand that a lady is, 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 is putting her nose up at a 65-euro um, jacket. jacket. Yeah. But you see, that jacket might be a, a 400... A, a Euro uh, Louis Vuitton bond that's that's got had nowhere because people, strangely enough, do give us stuff that haven't they've never been worn. That, that is why the, I asked her that she didn't know how much it was worth originally. That, that was yeah, why but, I but, asked her that. Because what we what we do in in our charity shops is we actually leave the leave the tags on so people can see the original price. I got you. I got you. And if you if you if you're if you're, if you're paying even a tenth of the price, you're still getting the massive. You're still getting a massive uh, value. Sure. Simon, for no reason other than time, I leave it there. Thank you very much. Simon Lane works uh, in a couple of charity shops as a volunteer. Um, so there's a real world element to it. Uh, rent, targets, all that kind of stuff. Thank you, Simon. 0818969696. Few people telling us of stuff they've found in charity shops. And one thing they've found is prices going up. There may be 
will help it to understand why. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Corks 96 FM. It's time to nominate for the Corks 96 FM Best of Cork Awards. Best of Cork Awards. Best of all is now. Best beauty salon to breakfast. Best barber to gym. Hairdresser to hotel. Best business Instagram to best bar. And more. See 96fm.ie now to nominate. Then stay listening. Stay listening. Are you ready, ready for the light? The Best of Cork Awards 23. The Best of Cork Awards 23. You're the best. Only on Cork's 96fm. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96fm.ie This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Corks 96FM We'll come back to charity shops because a lot of you are agreeing with Gillian, but a lot of you still love your charity shops. We'll come back to them, I promise. But here's a statistic. The number of drivers in this country on learner permits permits is currently... 301,000. That's 301,000 going around on learner permits. But it goes further than that. About 34,000 of them have had at least five learner permits. It goes further than that again. Over 200 drivers, just over 200 drivers, have been driving on a learner permit for 35 years years and over 1700 have been driving for over 30 years on learner permits these are all figures released under freedom of information Shane O'Donoghue is editor at completecar.ie Shane what do these figures tell you good morning good morning PJ they are shocking aren't they unbelievable Um, well yeah, it shows that there's a serious problem with the whole system, the process, really. Um, it's being it's being allowed to happen because of a loophole in the system. And so people who, for whatever reason, aren't going for their driving tests or afraid to go to their driving tests, just can't be bothered, I would expect, when, when it comes to that number of people, the number of people with um, over 30 years on a learner permit. Like they, at this stage, just have their way of going about getting their learner permit and they uh, have no intention of going for a driving test. So the system, but the system allows it. That's the problem. Yeah. I would have thought that if someone had been doing that for even five or ten years, somebody somewhere is going to contact them and say, come here, do you ever plan on doing a test? <laughs> you would hope so, but unfortunately the system doesn't do that. So just to explain to your readers uh, why this has happened or how it can happen, more to the point, is... If you're coming, uh, if your learner permit is due to expire soon, and you go and apply for a test, a test proper to go and get the full license, and you have get a date for that test, you then can go back to the NDLS, which is the National Driver Licensing Service, and say, right, here's my date for my test, but I need to update my learner permit in the meantime. And they go, yep, grand, no problem. Here's your new learner permit for another two years, and. That's it. Then the person can go and cancel the test booking or just not show up and nothing happens. Nothing goes, nothing happens to them. There's no feedback mm. to the NDLS that that's happened and therefore they can just keep going with the learner permit for another year or two years, whichever state it is. Why would you do that though? Is it that you're just afraid of a test? 
You, yeah, I mean that, that's that's the harder thing to understand in all this, isn't it? I mean. <laughs> I, I get. I I I feel that the longer somebody lets it go on and they realise they can do this, they just can't be bothered. Why would they? Um, but and then there must be others who are just afraid of the test. Um, and of course, there will also be others in this data that have gone for the test that have failed it. Um, so I, I think what we should be doing with these figures: number one, trying to close that loophole; um, number two, trying to encourage these people to actually go for the test. I mean, there are so many good schemes out there to help people through. I, I actually do a bit of work with the Irish School of Motoring, ISM, as well. And they have some really good, like, pre-test mm. um, courses to get you through, you know, so booster courses, if you like. So even if you have been driving for 20 years, um, the test is the test. It's very specific. And, and you know, it's there are things in it that... Uh, perhaps there are pr- people who've been driving with a full license would probably still not get a hundred percent right. Oh, I probably wouldn't pass the. T- I probably wouldn't pass the test in the morning, Shane. Yeah, and I'm driving I, I in suspect, 30 years. I expect a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people would be like that because the test is very specific. It's because it's, spo- it's designed to be the start of your driving career um, and to get you set you off on the right foot. Yeah. So to pass it later on in life, having driven for a while, you probably have bad habits. And yeah. I think these people probably just need to be encouraged, do a bit of training, and go out and do the test. Yeah. Saying as I mentioned, test stay there, Shane, and you can listen to to Gene. Um, because Gene is a, a driving instructor, Gene Russell of Douglas School of Motoring. And I know, Gene, your, your time is tight because you've actually got a lesson coming up soon. But your thoughts on this? Huge numbers driving around with with learner permits. Morning. Yeah, hi, hi CJ. Yeah, I, I agree with him 100%. What he's saying is, is really on the button. There's loopholes. The system doesn't allow for it. And you must remember this kind of, like, those figures of 300,000. You're, you're taking them. We had the old learner provisional license with a paper license. Yes. People that had that and then after 2011 the new laws came in. Mm. They keep renewing their license as he's just said and not do a test and they drive away. It's only if they get caught or go to a checkpoint that becomes an issue. Yes. Um, and the other thing that uh, I would kind of just like that would I suppose is that if you do get a new learn. So if you're a learner and you want to start driving and you have to wait for six months while you can do your training and after your six months training you, if, you ha- if you're lucky enough and have enough practice after 12 lessons in six months you can apply for a test but it's nearly six months here now in Cork. I've had stories yesterday of people around, I see them around they're up to nearly 11 months in Dublin some places wow. and that's, you know, that's a year and a half when you begin to drive. So a lot of people then, you so there's a lot of learners driving on permits because they can't get a test. Yes. They want it. They might, some of them are able, some of them aren't, but they qualify. There's and that There's that category, Gene, and we, you and I have talked about it before, yes. but there's also the category of people, 34,000 of them have had at least five and 11,700 people driving with a learner permit or a learner license for the last 20 years. I, I, no excuse for those people. No, I've met a few of them. <laughs> and I just say, I'd like to see your permit, please. And they'll go, what? And they wouldn't even have it. it would, they would be out of date like, for a long, long time. And They're then, effectively committing the offence of driving without a license. Well, there's, 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 there's people driving without licenses. And there's people that would just... It's like a passport. You know, you're going on holidays, mm. check the date, right? Check the date on your permit. Mm. Check it in your passport. You need to know. But, and that's the old school code that we're just then too afraid of these new laws saying, 
I don't want to have to do the lessons or this. Can't I just keep going as I am, as the guy just said? Perfect. And that's what people are doing yeah. because it's a load to happen. Are they hoping maybe, Gene, that there'll be... Do you remember the amnesty? Yeah. There was people yeah. got got licences and they shouldn't have been allowed to drive a nail, let alone drive a car. But well, they got licenses. No, my father was one of those people, and he got licenses to drive trucks, buses, and everything else. No, he was a fine driver. Yeah. But like, there was no reason to do that. Yeah. But well, I, I knew someone happen. who got one of those, and, and that happened. She shouldn't be allowed to drive a nail. Do you know? Yeah. When in, when they brought in the slot, there was a huge waiting list as well. That people were going, we're waiting a year to do a test, and what, what are you talking about? So they, what they did, they was hoping there might be an amnesty, but there wasn't. They opened up extra test centres in Cork. We had three operating, one in Douglas, one in Wilton, one in um, Little Island, and one in Black Rock. Yeah. And that got through the list really quick. So I think, as we were speaking earlier, if the loophole and the system, and it's a government-based body, should be paying attention to this and giving it the attention it needs, that people can get about their business. Sounds to me something you're saying, Gina, let you go there now, is... The government, if you're going to allow these loopholes to continue yeah. to exist, you've only got yourself to blame when people use them. But I must say, it is being clamped down a little by the RSA because, no, you can't get a, apply for your test until you have your 12 lessons complete. Yeah. So you don't qualify. So mm. that's been going on since after COVID. It's got more com- computer-wise and it's got more online. Yeah. No, you have to be finished your training programme before you can go off your test. So it's how kind does of, this it's work out? Reducing it. It's been phased out gradually, but it will take time, Peter. How does this work out in terms of insurance? Uh, like, I picked what? up a couple yeah. of points a few years ago, and this year, before I got my renewal letter, the, yeah. the insurance company asked me to get a driver's report from the NDLS. And I, you get on to them, they send you out a report, it goes back yeah. to the first day you were driving, give it to the insurance company, thanks a million, all tickety-boo, here's your renewal, and everything was fine. Now, here's the thing, that report would show, would it not, that you've been driving on an earnest permit for years. Will the insurance company take you if you're on a permit for years? No, it's the same as any other insurance policy, PJ, you could get insure you, when you look at the small print, and if anything happens, are you covered? Yeah. You know? So you'll have a disc on your car and you could be driving around, but if you should have, technically, valid NCT, but you know the story with NCT, it's no much the same as the RSA with the licenses. It's it's not been it's been allowed to happen. NCTs we shouldn't have to be waiting nearly a year for an NCT. We shouldn't. No. We shouldn't have to be waiting a year for it. Driving test. No, we should. should. What are the what are the UK? What are the what are the UK equivalents? I, I'm going to let you go in one. What are the yeah, UK no equivalents? Problem. Roughly. What's that? The UK equivalents. Say up the north. How long did you wait for a test? No, I'm not too familiar with those information, so I couldn't say. It. That's all right. Maybe Shane. Maybe Shane will know when I bring him back in. He may well do. And he spoke very well. I did train with the OSM. I must say, many years ago, about 15 years ago. And I'm glad to see it's well on track there. And what he's saying is right on the button. I'd agree with him 100%. Good man. Gene, thanks. And uh, a safe lesson there. That's Gene Russell, Douglas School of Motoring. Shane, maybe the comparison there with the UK, maybe you can offer some some information here. Say the North or say up and down the UK, how long would one be waiting for a test like that? 
Um, I don't think they ha- they had some issues um, a while back related to COVID, the same as us. But they've recovered from them quicker. Um, I, I don't know what the actual times are now, but I, I know there isn't the same issues. But, but I will say, I mean, I'm mean, Gene is very close to us uh, there in terms of his profession. But uh, there are also definitely improvements. There are, there are waiting times. Um, I was speaking to somebody from the ISM yesterday, and the waiting times around Dublin at the moment, I know there isn't relative to Cork, relevant to Cork, but it's down sometimes two months. So it does depend on where you're going, where you're trying to do your driving test. So um, it isn't as bad as it used to be, for sure. Yeah. We'll see where this one goes. Like, these numbers, they call on the system. To, like, also another statistic that came out that, that, that we had here was that the with regard to the people who have to be accompanied by a fully qualified motorist. Now, there's no one going to tell me They've been driving accompanied for the last 20 years. That's not going to happen. Uh, yeah, I 100% agree with that. I was, that's, that's a big point, really, isn't it? Um, you know, you're, you're, you're invalidating your insurance if you're, if you're a learner driver and you don't have, uh, you're not accompanied by somebody who has a, had a license for two years at least. So that's a major problem. Let's make that very clear, um, Shane, because it has come up from time to time and people will often argue and it's, you know, you, I, you have to give ground to the argument. My son is starting a job 20 miles away. I can't go up and down with him in the car every day. If he doesn't drive, he can't take the job. What are we supposed to do except let him drive up and down? And that's okay if that works out for you. But if he has a tip going out or coming from work, his insurance is null and void. Correct. Yes, that's my understanding of it completely. Um, and 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 we it's been shown in the past there was some tragic, uh, there was a tragic accident um, a few years ago, um, and that happened. That exact thing happened where uh, a young person was was driving unaccompanied on a on a learner permit, and they caused the death of somebody else. And it's just there's a very good reason for it. Um, whatever argument there is. And oh, sure, this is I, the Clancy case down here in Cork. I remember yes, as well. Yes, yes. exactly. Um, I, I sympathise fully and everybody sympathises fully with the situation where you want the young person to be independent, to be able to go out to work and do that. Absolutely 100%. But I'm afraid they just have to get on and get the driving test, the full driving licence. That's the only way. Mm, there, there, there really is no, there can't be any grounds here for giving people a, a waiver. Shane, thank you. Shane O'Donoghue is the editor at completecar.ie but those numbers of people driving with no full licence currently it's 301,000 with learner permits now you can take half of them away because they actually are learning properly to drive a car but over 34,000 people with five permits 202 people driving on learner permits for the last 35 years and 1,700 people for at least 30 years would you not go and get a test? Seriously, though. I know you'll have to wait for it. I know you'll probably have to do a lot of lessons and pay a fella to take you out and well, Get a test. It's better for everyone. 0818969696. Jimmy says, I remember back in the 70s, I paid for driving lessons. I passed my test first time. Then there was an amnesty brought out. Anyone with a third provisional license would be issued with a full one without a test. The guy I was working with got this and was never behind the wheel of a car. I hope they don't go down that road again. We used to call them plastic drivers, says Jimmy. And Tracy, it's actually strange people continuing to stay on a learner permit as their insurance will be much more expensive. 
than with somebody on a full licence. Yes, Tracy, that is true. Plus, if you go abroad on holidays, you can't hire a car over there. You're not supposed to be on the motorway if you're on a learner permit. And if it is a thing that you're on a learner permit and you're driving to work or driving to college, driving to wherever you happen to be, to shopping, wherever you happen to be, and you have an accident and you've no one in the car with you, your insurance will not take kindly to it. In fact, they may refuse to cover you. These are just the facts. Don't don't ask me why, but these are just the facts. Back to Marty. Marty Morrissey. Norma says, was he paying BIK, benefit in kind? I'm a businesswoman. I couldn't get away with that. You're right, Norma. I, I understand that he is liable for some benefit in kind, and he will be liable for some benefit in kind now that he has fronted up about this. And through his PAYE system and through his tax credits, that'll all be sorted. Personally, I think benefit in kind is a scourge. Absolute flipping scourge. I don't, by the way, I don't earn it because I don't have a company car. Um, but, but benefit in kind is a flipping scourge. I know someone who had a benefit in kind and you, it, you probably end paying, paying up more tax than the flipping car is worth. But if Marty had benefit in kind um, duties with, with regard to this, it'll all be sorted through his, through his POE. 30% of the original price of the car is what you have to pay in benefit in kind if you have a company car, which can be hefty enough. 0818 96 96 96. What I don't have in front of me, I had it last night, is a full printout of Marty's statement, but I think he does say that whatever implications there are, he'll deal with them. Which I would expect nothing less of them. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, I got a statement, that, that statement in front of me now from, from Marty, which is longer, of course, than appears in, in a lot of newspapers this morning. But I still stand by him. I would hope that nothing would come out that would cause me to change that position. But I still feel he's getting a raw deal here. He says in the statement that since the recent controversy, he reflected 
on the fact that he'd been driving the car on an ad hoc arrangement and concluded it was the wrong thing to do. Error of judgment. Hate those words, but anyway. Um, he returned involuntarily to Renault on Friday, June 23rd. He was then asked this week to supply RT with information about any commercial engagements, gifts and potential conflicts of interest. I did this and made full disclosure to RT, he says. He then says he's never been appointed a brand ambassador. There was no expectation that he publicly endorse or promote Renault on air, on social media or anywhere. There was the use of the car was an ad hoc arrangement which didn't affect his work with RTE. He's never had a car allowance either from RTE. And remember, because he's staffed, that's a verifiable statement. If if that's untrue, then it'll be proven to be untrue. I have assured RTE that I remain ready to assist and rectify any issues which may arrive, which I'm assuming there. Someone has said to him, Marty, you could be caught here with a tax man for this. Grant, we'll sort that out too. If and when it happens. Um, let's go back again one more time to what Timmy Dooley said last night on on Virgin Media. Because Timmy Dooley was the person who raised the question of cars at the Oireachtas Committee. And this is kind of why I'm so defensive of Marty this morning. Because Timmy Dooley even said, the guy who raised the question about the cars, has even said, listen... Marty's been fired under the bus here. Listen. All right. That's Timmy Dooley. I don't know. I hope. I have a statement. Of, I hope nothing comes out at the weekend to make me change my position on Marty. If if it does, then I will do that. And I will be very disappointed having to do that. But, but for now, I don't think the chap did anything wrong. Except maybe he needs to pay a bit of tax. And if once he does that, then everybody will be happy most most importantly the taxman 0818 96 96 96 although a happy taxman is a rare thing then isn't it? join the conversation this is the opinion line with hidden hearing focus solely on your hearing health for over 35 years they're all ears visit hiddenhearing.ie Cox 96 FM latest episode of Ours to Protect coming up in the next few minutes but first a huge response to Gillian's call on charity shops reminds you again and we'll podcast this later Gillian stopped going to charity shops recently because she felt they were getting too dear. In particular, she went into a shop and she saw a jacket with a price tag of €65, which she felt was outrageous. And she walked out and she's never been back there since. Talking after the news to Simon, who said, look, you know, charity shops have overheads as well. They have certain bills they need to pay before hopefully they make a few quid for the charity, and I have lots and lots of comments which I will get to. Jackie, what do you want to say? Good morning. Hi, PJ. I just wanted to confirm what Gillian said. I totally agree with her. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, what 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 the charity shops don't realise is that charity shops should work twofold. Number one, they're there for the charity, which of course is very important. But number two, they're there for people who really depend on them to to buy clothes that they can afford. They don't have much disposable income and charity shops are the answer. But now it's gone to the stage where it's only the people with money can shop in the charity shops. Did and you listen to Simon? I did, I did. 
And my answer to Simon is that, you know, he was talking about overheads. And I understand that. And I understand that they have to make money for the charity. Of course, that's why they're, they're, they're there. But in saying that, everything that comes into the shop is donated. I, I volunteered in a charity shop uh, for a time. And you get, there's some beautiful stuff comes in, but it all comes in free. And he was talking about the cleaning of them and the steaming of them and the sorting of them. That's all done voluntary. That's exactly what I was doing. I was steaming clothes for them. <laughs> so, like, it didn't cost them anything to to sort and clean and put the clothes out on the racks. But I think so, what, what he was saying was, in order to wash its face and keep itself viable, the shop has to turn over a certain amount of money. Yes. And, and as I, costs go up, therefore... Yes, you know, I I understand that, but I think they're making a huge mistake in the charity shops because they're alienating the people who have supported them from day one. But what and would you the, suggest they do, Jackie? When the, I, what I would suggest they do is is really bring down their prices because and emphasise more on donations because if they can get into donations and people do... Uh, donate clothes all the time but if they bring down their prices to a normal, what I would call normal pricing um, they will get all the people like Gillian back into their shops. Mm, But we've had a couple of comments here. Let me read one comment someone sent in a a comment, a brand new pair of Doc Martin boots which would cost you, brand new, 120 quid in a regular shop 60 in a charity shop that's a bargain Yes, I understand that. That is a bargain for somebody with that amount of money, disposable money to spend. But my whole point is the charity shops were always geared towards people with less disposable income. And what what would be a bargain to you would be too expensive Very for somebody true. else. No, no, give you that, give you that a hundred times over. Absolutely. But if you to take come back to Simon's argument again. If the charity shop isn't making enough to wash its face, it's gone anyway. The the charity shops are doing fairly okay. And the thing about it is they would do a lot better if they... And I don't mean that they should give things away for nothing. I don't believe in that. Like, the whole point is... uh, Anybody that uses charity shops over the years... And I was brought up with charity shops. Mm Mm-hmm. I lived, I think, since I was a child, and I'm 70 now. I, I love them, Jackie, by the way. I love them, <laughs> love absolutely. Them, yeah. But And I donate to them. I, they're just part of life. But they really are making a mistake by putting their prices up too much. I think they would make more if they just reduced their prices to what people can afford and as you said you know as everybody's talking about the cost of living now it's more important that they bring their prices down now okay okay good contribution thank you for it that's jackie who agrees completely with Gillian that the charity shops are gone too expensive some of them not all and for some items not all thank you jackie and loads more to do with this uh, which we'll get to in a while to protect. Brought to you by Cork's 96FM, the IBI and funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Check out ourstoprotect.ie for more info. 
Today on Ours to Protect, we talk to John Armstrong from the Cork Nature Network about Cork's otter trail and how you can spot an otter when you're out and about. We've done many projects on otters in Cork City. Um, we've done an otter trail, so otter trail runs from Camden Quay all the way into Fitzgerald's Park and kind of talks, to, um, shows people what otters or gives you a bit of information about otters, um, kind of allows them to walk around the river and to have a look through areas where you'd quite likely to find otters uh, we have another trail in Bishopstown and then also in Ballincollig also and there is a new trail going in in Yall once more Cork City being a city of islands um, being a city that was once called was it the, the Venice of Ireland because of how many canals we had through Cork is a city full of islands and otters love islands so we do have a good good population of otters um, also a big population in the Bride River that comes in through Blackpool so that would be a, a really good spot for otters as well So it seems the otter loves the real capital given its proximity to water. But what else is there to know about our Madri Ishka? It's believed otters came to Ireland at the end of the last ice age over 10,000 years ago. We have only one kind of otter in Ireland, the Eurasian otter. Adult males can grow up to a metre long and weigh as much as 10 kilograms. Here's John again. Otters are a fantastic species. Ireland is the European stronghold for otters. Um, around the rest of Europe, otters have been really declining. Um, some countries in Europe, such as uh, Switzerland, actually lost their otter populations. Um, this happened due to PCBs, which would be um, chemicals that are released from electronic products often. Um, Ireland, we didn't lose our otters. Our otters remained remarkably stable, our otter populations. So that is something to be really kind of proud of. Um, the otter is Ireland's only top predator that we didn't lose so we've the low wolf was hunted out the white-tailed seagull the golden eagle they were all hunted out also the otter is the only one that wasn't the otter is often considered shy which poses challenges for those trying to see it in person John gives us some advice on how to go out and see these beautiful animals otters are quite interesting because they are all around us just we don't often see them uh, reason being they're normally found in quite low densities so that means that in a, in a river you might have one every 10 kilometers squared kind of things um, so because of that people don't think there's otters but wherever you see a river wherever there's water there's otters best place is honestly coming dawn and dusk um, they are nocturnal species you will see them during the day but generally dawn and dusk is the best place to see them um, city centre is fantastic actually along the near enough to the Mercy it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful place actually to see them as well um, but yeah really I'd say my advice really is, is to as you're walking through the city just start looking into the river it's a very strange thing for it's a city that is so intimately connected with the water and with the river and being in Cork Harbour as well that we seem to forget it almost exists at times we have how many people do you see ever like kind of paddling in the river or kayaking in the river or it's a strange thing I find that we are so disconnected from that and so just looking into your river you're, you're quite lucky quite likely to see an otter which um, is a fantastic thing what can people do to engage more with biodiversity in their homes in their communities in their green spaces I think firstly honestly it's experience it be in it um, so many of us are completely disconnected from our natural environment and from what it actually means to be in nature. Many people do see uh, environmentalists as kind of idiots or almost or, or those uh, as I once been called a strange hippie um, because we are interested in the natural environment. Yet my response to that would be why are we? 
well, you know, go out into nature and experience it. I'm sure all of us have an experience of being in a woods or being somewhere and getting an encounter close with an animal like a fox or, or an otter. or And those are moments that I hope we never lose because they're kind of really deeply connected to us. Today we discuss Cork's Otter Trail and how you can experience some of the Lee's very best wildlife for yourself. You can find out more about the work the Cork Nature Network do by visiting their website and following them on social media. To find out more about otters in Cork and Ireland, check out the show notes of this episode. Hours to Protect, brought to you by Cork's 96FM, the IBI, and funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Check out hourstoprotect.ie for more info. Thank you, Alana. And more on that next week. Just again on Marty, some people pushing back against me, and that's fine. You're entitled. You're entitled to do that. If it was an error of judgment by Marty, why didn't he hand it back before? Now, uh, I wonder was he paying BIK? Uh, his statement, last sign of his statement, Nick says that he'll sort out anything that is to be sorted out. But maybe he should have been paying it over the years. Yeah, wouldn't go on air. But if Marty didn't do anything wrong, why did he hand the car back last Tuesday? Why not just keep driving it? One assumes he got a phone call and tipping him off that he should probably hand the car back. I'm sorry for Marty, but as Orty is a statutory body and he's a staff member, he would be classed as a civil servant. And civil servants are not allowed to receive or accept gifts from a third party. I worked in the public sector for 40 years. I had to send back Christmas presents, like a bottle of wine, bottle of whiskey, in case I was compromised. That is from Pat. And then Paddy Deneen said, PJ, I'm not saying it's wrong, I'm not saying it's right, but if there's anyone in RTE that should have a car, it would have to be Marty Morrissey. Should the man is all over the country, north, south, east and west on any given day, reporting on sporting events. Yeah, there's that view as well. There's that view. There is a Dunn's Stores style scam. Try saying that after a few points. Has, <laughs> has been brought to our attention this morning, and I have a a blown up screenshot of it, and people are being caught by it, and the banks are aware of it, and we talk about it uh, after the news. But be wary of it; it's just another one in the long line of scams that are out there that people are getting caught by. So let us uh, focus on that one after the news. Bernie says you were against the RTE stuff yesterday and today you're defending Marty. The taxpayer is being ripped off. Taxpayer was being ripped off by the flip-flops. Yeah, he was. Or she was. Or we were. Um, you know my position on Marty, Bernie. I, I, I think it's... Uh, anyway. Uh, on nudism, I have been going to nudist beaches in France and Spain for a good few years. <laughs> I find it very natural and very normal. In fact... If I have to wear pants at all, I find it uncomfortable, says Nick. Too much information, Nick. TMI, mate. But thank you. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM. 0818 96 96 96. Final hour of the week. A busy morning we have had between charity shops 
and and all oh, the scam. Yes, the scam. This is I've been sent a screenshot blown up to a page size. When you blow it up to a page size, you can kind of see the flaws in it, but you wouldn't if you're just looking at it on a phone or a tablet or something. Now, Mary, have you been caught for much money? Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Have you been caught for much? No, thank God. Um, 43 euros, but while we were out getting three results and made clothes for it. God, okay. <laughs> so tell me what happened. Uh, well, sitting down here last night, decided I'd have a look on gun stores online, shopping, because they have a sale below their in their stores. Yes. So I went in and went into the Dunlines on sale and this page popped up thinking it was and we're scrolling through it. We ordered three results and our bed clothes, myself and Kira, and went to pay, put in my card details. It looked so real now. Uh, car details, my email address, home address, the whole lot. And when it had all that information, it skipped into uh, another page called Nan Who Had Ton Trading. So my daughter says, Mom, get out of that. Straight away, she said. It's what did you them. say, Mary? Man Who? Nan, Nan, N-A-N. Yeah. H-U-A-T-O-N Trading. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she said, Mom, come out of that straight away. She said, it's a scam. So we we um, came out of it straight away and next I got my message text from the bank. Um, was this me, you know, that you've to press one or nine? And I rang the bank straight away and they said my card was on hold. Right. Yeah, so I was lucky that it was only 43 euros. But did I just you, said, I guess, you know, Mary? I rang the bank this morning. <laughs> she was a lovely girl. Um, she said, ring them back within 15 days if your order won't be delivered and you get back down to the bank and you get on to some, someone called Dispute. Yeah. yeah. And they'll start it, yeah. But yeah, because the one and the nine, that's a genuine bank yes. text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it's I it's discovered to my cost a few months to come itself. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, it got yeah. sorted oh. afterwards. Yeah. But I've got a screenshot in front of me here of of it and yeah. is, is this off your phone or your tablet or something off my phone off your phone, my phone yeah now yeah. I can s- blow it up to a full A4 page and you'll see the flaw yeah but D-U-N-I-E-S, D-U-N-I-E-S. Hmm? The, there was a D-U-N-I-E-S no it's it's no. Dunstore Dunstoreie.com yeah alright yeah. that would now look you're not going to spot that on a phone no, you're not no, and then you come down below. It's done. It's the proper Duns logo. Yes, the proper Duns sales type logo. Pictures of pretty dresses and yes, and, which and the Savita brand. So the genuine <laughs> Duns brands, genuine Duns items. Yeah, popped into this very cleverly created thing, and then you click through and you click through and you give them all the details, yeah. and yeah. this man with a tan. Has your money? Has my money? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, he'll have a better ten with your money, but uh, he sure will. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I'm not, like, and I'm not know. making less of it, yeah. Mary. Jesus, 40, no, no, 40, 40, 40 no, quid, no, no. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is. The bank, so the, but the banks are aware of it going on. The banks they? are aware. I left them know, and they told me they are aware of it. Okay, okay. Yeah, these yeah. things, these things are everywhere. Everywhere, it's just all oh, life is just tough now, isn't it? Yeah. For all these. 
I think I stick to the charity shops. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be, I get a genuine River Island dress in there. <laughs> well, I tell you, Elaine is Elaine will be swishing around the bar. I'm telling you, she will. Yeah, in her River yeah. Island trousers and blouse yeah. for fourteen quid. I tell you, I'll be, I'll be looking for my gallery dress <laughs> <laughs> from from man with a tan. <laughs> from man with a tan. No, you said it. <laughs> oh, thank God we can laugh about it. Isn't it true? Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't yeah. it true? Yeah. All right, yeah. Yeah. Marie. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks for the call. Not at all. Thank See you. you. Take care. Bye. All right. One eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. It's very realistic. Look at blow it up and you'll see it. But it's coming through your phone, and that's how she was caught with it. But the like it, the Duns logo, the Duns sales pitch logo, the dresses, the stuff that you will actually find on the shelves are on the on the racks in Duns. If you go in there this morning, it'll open this website. But it's but it's a racket. It's a racket, and the uh, banks are aware of it, and I am assuming that the guards are aware of it too, but man with a tan doesn't sound like he lives in this country, and you know the rest. 0818969696, has anybody else come across that? With charity shops, Maggie, I'll talk to you in about one minute. I want to clear a couple of comments that are here first on the coat, the coat that caused Gillian to walk out. Someone asks the question, what brand was the coat? If something has a retail value of a few hundred euro, it's amazing for the buyer to have it at 65 and a great chance for the shop to gain. Everyone's more or less in the same boat, not being able to afford things. Even people on good salaries are struggling with the extra cost of living. You also have the option not to choose the coat and maybe a different one for less. Not saying this is in a snobby way, just an alternative suggestion. As the lady says that she can't continue to shop in charity shops. Maybe she should, says Emma. Catherine, PJ, I did a Facebook post one night on charity shops as I went around every one of them in Cork one day just to see the prices. They've all gone crazy. It's ridiculous. I've given thousands of euros worth over the years to charity shops. Never again. Tops marked five euro could be bought in pennies for 250. Not right, says Catherine. I went into a charity show. Oh, I've done that one. Passing through Charleville a few weeks ago, dropped into the NCBI to look at the books, but spotted a Paco a green teal jacket. Looked really new. Uh, in my size, 20 quid. Didn't mind paying that. I got many wares out of a sleeveless jacket um, that I bought years ago. Breeder. Charity and retail provide preloaded quality clothing at affordable prices. Vintage, designer, homeware, etc., there's a sorting process, steaming and tagging and pricing, keeping the shop stocked. Prices may have gone up over the years, but it's all about getting the best price for the item and getting its true value, all while raising funds for charity, says Teresa. But then, people agreeing with Gillian. Mary says it's they're way too expensive. I used to work one in one. And the prices were never that high. Let's go to, to Maggie. Maggie, in defence of charity shops, I think. Morning. Morning, BJ. How are you? I'm good. You used to work... Oh, I'm, I remember the Gorta shop. No, we, we, we still do exist. We amalgamated um, a few years ago, but 2014, with South of Africa. So um, um, we were Gorta, but now we're kind of known as South of Africa, so I suppose the name is pretty obvious. Okay. You know, sure, what we sure. Do, and the, the, the business of running a charity shop, for it is a business. You don't just open and trade. You've got to pay rates and rent. Go through what you've got to do. Yeah, I mean, it's we're exactly the same as any other business out there. We get no dispensation, we get no discounts, nothing. I mean, say for instance, now we have a shop in our main street in Cork. We have to pay rates exactly as the shops either side of us. 
yeah. you know, and um, the same as when we rent. I mean, the current um, um, 2022 figures, um, it's an average per square foot to rent any property in Cork City is €10.50 per square foot. You know, we don't get any discount. Being a charity, we can't claim any VAT back. We can a limited amount of government change, the, the revenue changed a few years ago, and it's an ad hoc basis. You know, so whatever we buy, whether it's um, um, ammunition for the guns, the tagging guns and all that kind of stuff, we can't claim any of that back in it. Actually, any other business out there, you buy a pencil or buy or whatever for your business, you can claim your VAT back once you keep your receipts. We oh. can't. Oh, so yeah. you can't, like normal supplies, before people get the willies, you're talking about pricing guns and rolls of stickers for pricing yeah, guns. Yeah, right? things that we need, I mean, things like... No, I, I just thought um, maybe someone else would like price their buying guns. A lot of people refer to them as feathers, you know, the, the plastic tags that you yes. attach, the, the, the garment attaches onto the um, yeah. on the tag, the pricing tag attaches to the garment. We call it ammunition because technically it's in the yeah. pricing so, so, norm, yeah. Normal office stuff that you'd buy for running a shop and if you're running a regular shop, you can cha- you can claim the VAT back. You can't. No, no, no charity in Ireland can. We, there is a certain kind of uh, um, the brought it about three or four years ago. The, the government tried to change it, um, but it's a ad hoc basis. It right. is kind of a random amount that you submit. Well, you get back is a kind of a surprise from the revenue. You right. know, <laughs> and <laughs> electric and all has gone up, and keeping the place warm has gone up. Exactly. You know, I mean, we have responsibility, I suppose, to our volunteers. I mean, as I said, we have to pay commercial rents exactly the same as everyone else. Like, say, for instance, our shop in our Main Street, we pay an average of, uh, uh, at the moment, about three and a half thousand euro a year rate. And we get no discount. No matter how much we cry, we bawl, we tear up, we will get nothing done. Um, in comparison to the UK and Northern Ireland, any charity shop that sets up in the UK and Northern Ireland gets free rates. There's a thing. Yeah. I was in Southampton a few years ago and I went for a wander down the town of an afternoon never having been there before I went for a walk and I said to my friend when I met her afterwards for a drink I said there's charity shop upon charity shop upon charity and she said yeah they get a huge deal with the council for the rates for the first year yeah I mean a lot of them actually depends obviously on the council but a lot of them in general especially in Northern Ireland are the free rates and, and the thing is, that then helps if you're um, a property owner, a commercial property owner, and you're trying to, to rent your property, you rent it to us, you know, and, and a reasonable, obviously a reasonable um, um, rent. Mm. And you know what I mean? You're pretty much guaranteed you're going to have some lender for a few years, you know, and um, it's keeping all overheads down. You know, it's the same with our energy costs. They have gone up and up and up and up. Yeah. Um, our domestics, you know what I mean? If we take on staff, because since COVID, before COVID, volunteers, oh my God, they were absolutely fantastic. They were everywhere. We had waiting lists for volunteers. Mm. When COVID, everyone changed their structure, their life, their setup, everything. We lost up to 60% of our volunteers. And I'm telling you that, it's on every charity right across the board, no matter what we're doing. We lost an awful lot of volunteers. Yeah. You know, and it's an awful commitment to ask them and to come in a certain amount of hours per week. Yeah. You know, and, and do work for free. Here's a question you know? to put to you as well, Maggie. There are people working within charities who are paid a salary to run the yeah. thing. Um, yeah. And that's, that's like the, pub, the general public needs to accept that. Some people are going to be paid because you're working full time for a charity, you're working full time. Majority of paid staff in, in, in charity shops don't work full time. 
Yeah. Like we have, we paid staff and it's everything from 12 hours a week to 28 hours to 30 hours, depending on the location, depending where you are, depending on the amount of volunteers, depending on if we can get C schemes, if we can get tourist programs. And even them, they're becoming so, um, so hard to come by because according to the, um, um, uh, government, the rate of employment is extremely high. Yeah. We can't even get C scheme people anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, it, it's uh, every kind of way we go down the road. And I suppose the most important thing is to go back to Gillian and the coat at 65 euro. Yes, you will see it. For the simple reason, I suppose, if you can look and understand the logistics about it, we have a responsibility to our donors. Like our donors now mean you decide that's it or, you know, the, the, the lady herself, I'm clearing out the wardrobe and getting rid of all this stuff. I had enough of it. You know, packs it all into bags, drops it into the travel shop, and there's a coat she's been looking at for ages because she bought it and she never wore it. The tags are still on and going, look, I get it rid of it. I haven't worn it in six months, give it of it. And she paid one hour, say, 150 quid for it. Didn't tell PJ that, no, mind you, we hide the price tags, we all, women all, we all do that, but sometimes <laughs> And she passes the charity shop the following day and sees the coat on the window for 10 euro. <sighs> How do you think that makes her feel? Yeah. You know, so the way we look at it, when you give us a black bag to you, it's I'm carrying my wardrobe, I'm getting this stuff out of my boot because like everyone else puts the stuff into their boot and drive around the car for three weeks before they find a jar, you have to drop it, yeah? We have, we see that black bag as money. It is money inside in that bag, you know? And for every black bag that is donated to us in the shop, we can make anything from 20 euro to 200 euro out of it, depending on what's in it. You know, I mean, we are, I suppose, the ultimate recyclers for everything that we don't sell. We have a recycling company that comes to us and collects all the un- un- um, unusable, unsellable clothing from us once a week and then pays us per bag, per 10 kg bag. It's not much. It's only about three, three or 50 per 10 kg, but it's something. It's not going to end sell. It's right. going off. It's being processed. It's being sold somewhere else. It's right. not going to end sell. You know, so giving us. Yeah, there is so many other things. When we say we don't take duvets, we don't take um, pillow cases and uh, pillow um, um, inserts, it's because we can't recycle them. You know, mm. we get that stuff, we then have to take it to the dump ourselves and then pay more money on top of what we have to pay the, the, the rubbish collection on a weekly basis. Mm. You know, um, we don't get any discount there either, say for our so, shop so, on Main Street. So, you know, so. over 2,000 euro a year for rubbish collection. Wow. So the charity shop, Maggie, basically is a business like any it's other. And yeah. it has to it has to cover its overheads and, and all of yeah. that. I really appreciate you coming on. We yeah. haven't talked, you and me, in a long time. I think the last time we talked, you were trying to get me into into high heels. Yeah, I mean, I know you're all about there going on, on um, that's a, a naked cycle, PJ, and I think it's about time you kind of like opened up a bit and it's up to there. You need to do it. <laughs> Maggie, stop. I know it's Friday, love. I know we're going a few years, but no. <laughs> you never got to saw me naked. Then it ain't going to happen now. <laughs> Go on. I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. 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 Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. FM. Okay, this scam is more widespread than just Duns. This is the scam that Mary was caught up in last night and she had dropped about 40 quid before her daughter realised that there was something up. She went through this Duns stores very Duns stores-ish looking Duns stores ad that she got on her phone and she went buying stuff, dresses for her holidays as you do this time of year 
And then she put all her information in and she clicked through and she clicked through and this comes up between us, we were calling it Man with a Tan. Um, and her daughter said, ma'am, get out of that, that's a scam. She dropped 40 quid, she got onto the bank this morning, the bank have said we're aware of it. It's also happening with uh, Tesco. It seems to be happening with Debitums, although we don't have Debitums here anymore. Um, so, and I, I don't know anybody who would buy from Debitums now after what they did to people here in this country, but they're still there if you want to do it. Uh, Tesco have been hit. Um, Tesco, I, hey, shamelessly tell you, I buy a lot of my clothes in Tesco. Um, I like their clothes, particularly their shorts. Um, they're being hit by this as well. And again, you've got the ad of very Tesco-looking fashion, clearance sale, stuff only three ninety nine. you click in, blah, blah, blah. And you're caught. And again, it comes up on your phone looking very, very authentic. And Shein, uh, the fashion group, the Chinese fashion outlet we've talked about on the programme. Simon Coveney got in trouble about a few weeks ago. But Shein are supposedly having a sale. The thing about it is, I'm just wondering, like, I mean, you can't get much cheaper anyway than the stuff on, on Shein. So why would you bother? Why would you bother, of course, because somebody would do it. But they're out there. So be very careful of these sales that you're seeing online. Be extremely careful of them. 0818 96, 96, 96. Bronwyn, you'll be hoping for better days because tomorrow will be a sad day uh, down at Wild Design. Morning. Good morning. How are you, PJ? I'm I'm very well. You've come to a tough decision. You're down there on, on Paul Street, isn't it? Yes, yeah, we are indeed. Paul Street Shopping Centre. Okay, tell me what's happening. Um, look, it's just been tricky, I guess, PJ, uh, the last six months and, you know, I suppose just rising costs and we just never really bounced back after COVID. The footfall was down and, look, it's the toughest decision I've ever made. I love trading in the cent- city centre. We've had an amazing experience and beautiful customers, but sometimes you just have to make a difficult decision, you know? Remind people again of the kind of stuff you, that, that you sell, because you sell some very unique stuff. Yes, so it's all Irish-made, um, mainly Cork-made items, so we sell a selection of skincare, scarves, jewellery, notebooks, um, homewares. Um, but yeah, proudly we were supporting 34 Cork-based artists. Yeah. I'm looking there, like your position as you go into the shopping centre your footfall can't be a problem because the Tesco's in behind you is rammed all the time. Uh, oh, it is, absolutely. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're buying meal um, or a pizza. Um, and yeah, like the, the, the car park has definitely been down. You know, we didn't get free parking this year um, for November, which was a big dent for us. You know, that really yeah. encouraged people to come in. Uh, and I just think it's some small steps that need to be made to encourage people to come into the city centre because, you know, with the loss of the bigger um, debenums and things like that, there's not much of a draw, Neil, you know? Yeah. And if you have to drop, you know, eight euros for two hours or, you know, if you go a little bit over it, it's going to deter you. Mm. Whereas if you had free parking, you know, even for two hours, you're going to take a little bit more time around town. You're going to spend that eight euros having a coffee or you're going to peruse and find, you know, more shops. Yeah. Because it's, and you're not the first person that I've spoken to here who's closing their business, Bronwyn, and, and every single one of them seems to be saying roughly the same thing. This could, oh, yeah. be, this could be avoided. Uh, massively avoided, um, PJ, you know, and I do think it just takes a small bit of effort and, you know, maybe a dedicated team 
Um, and a collaboration between the council and landlords to say, listen, we have all these vacant properties. Why don't we offer people six months free rent, you know, half rates? And that gives people an opportunity to see, OK, will my business work in the city centre? Mm. Because if you're tying into a five year lease, PJ, you know, it's a very daunting thing. So if you have the opportunity to trial it and say, OK, does this work? You know, that's going to encourage you. And if we had, if you go to any city in Europe, you see independent retail on certain streets. Mm-hmm. And if we just dedicated, you know, two or three areas where we can encourage it, because Cork is so creative. And I mean, I know that from the shop. We are bursting at the seams with talent. Mm. Yeah. And I've watched it now over the last, particularly the year or so, and count the number of empty premises, say, on out of Plunkett Street and, and other places like where you are, and what they're being pla- replaced with is sports shops, vape shops, and, and, and God knows what else, and big international brands that can take the hit of, of the high prices. But I always ask people the same question. With regard to the council or the, the, the business association or wherever, like, did anyone ever come in to you, Bronwyn, and I know the answer before I ask the question, and say, what could we do to make life better? No, nobody came in, did you? And, you know, and I think if somebody did, if there was a dedicated team or even one person just to say, right, you know, let's support particularly the small independent um, retailers because they're what makes the city unique and great and they're why tourists come. And, I mean, tourists come into Paul Street, they park there, they say, where's the English market? They go down and they leave. Uh, You know, they don't potter around the town because there's, you know, not enough independent retail to keep them in the town. Yeah, yeah. And I've often thought myself, and the Business Association is a great organisation, but I'm thinking in terms of the council, where people like you are are ratepayers, and and others that have gone by the board in the last 12 months are all ratepayers. No one... Do you think, Bronwyn, it's time for City Council, for Anne Doherty and her management to appoint an officer for independent retail in the city that can liaise with people like you and actually listen to you. A hundred percent. And I think it would have a huge impact on the city centre if we did have some point of contact and somebody just to to be able to reach out to or to be able to come into us and say, what do you think that the city needs? What do you think is going to attract footfall? And free parking is a big, big thing, Peter. Parking is a ridiculous price in the city. It's crazy. It's crazy. But again, this is, and I, I say this, Bronner, and this is an attack on, on the motorist as well. It's, it's they, they, they want, the buses are good, but you can't buy a load of shopping and go home on the bus. Do you think the business association should, um, should be playing a role here? Should they have more, more, more muscle with the council? I, I guess, I, I guess they should. I mean, you know, the business associations are great um, in the, in the city centre, but they can only do so much. Um, and also, a lot of them have businesses to run themselves, Indeed, you know, so, you know, they, they have enough to be doing, whether it's if there was somebody who was, you know, paid by our rates to look after it, I think it's a much more effective way of doing it. Yeah, there should be someone there to look after the, the small... I'm thinking of, and I often talk about it, one of my favourite cities in the world, I'm thinking of Palma in, in, in New York, which is a beautiful city, has every major branded retailer you can think of on its streets, but also has hundreds of tiny little shops 
that seem to be running. And like you said, they're in dedicated places. They get yeah. a deal on the rates. They get a break on the rent. Yeah, they get like, tax incentives. That, that over time is just going to only benefit because if your business is a success, then you're going to be able to pay rates going forward. You know, you're going to make the city more vibrant. And I mean, Cork is beautiful, PJ, I have to reiterate, and mm. the customers and the support yeah. is fantastic. But we just need to get more people in, you know. Mm. Will you try to set up again somewhere? Um, look, we're, we're pressing pause for now. It's been a tricky couple of years, you know, a bit between yeah. COVID and opening and closing. Um, we're going to focus online come October. And, you know, if the right spot at the right price in the right place came up, absolutely. Do you have online active or are you going to go with it? Um, we're going to go with it. So we went offline, which in hindsight probably wasn't a great idea after COVID. But we wanted to really focus on the in-store experience because, you know, people after COVID really wanted... A tactile and you know friendly and nice experience, and we you know we really went above and beyond to try and do that, and I think our customers were really grateful. And I must say, uh, PJ, like people have been reaching out over the last couple of days, and it's been so emotional. They've been so kind and so supportive. You know, will there be tears at six o'clock tomorrow? Oh, hundred percent. There's been tears all week. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, okay. well, I you know what? The better days are coming with appropriate. <laughs> All right, and they are. You may be damn sure of it. And tell you, I'll, I'll make you one promise here. If if and when you get that online thing set up, yes. let me know and we'll Great. shout it from the rooftops for you. All right. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, PJ. No bother, Bronwyn. Take care. That's Bronwyn Connolly at Well Design, closing tomorrow in the Paul Street Shopping Centre. Yet another little business gone. They're rent pairs, they're rate pairs. And they're closing in their droves. And there'll probably be a bloody vape shop in there. I don't think we can possibly stuff in another sports shop, but there'll be something going there. It's not enough to just correct, collect the rates, you know. You've got to do something for these small businesses. Thank you, Bronwyn. Best luck for the future. And I mean that. When you get that online thing going, uh, give me a shout and we'll shout it from the rooftops. Um, better days are coming. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. There's a Sheen scam being done through Instagram. Says Grace. Thank you for that. Do you know? And for all the crap people talk about it, they always give out about Amazon. I haven't seen anyone trying to scam Amazon. Um, like yeah, I know, I know. I probably shouldn't buy an Amazon, but I do sometimes. And like. You, they're not being scammed. Just just be flipping careful. If it looks too good to be true, it probably is. But we've heard this morning from Mary how feasible it looked, how good it looked, how proper it looked. And she was 40 quid down before she knew it. Uh, Sheehan's been done for. Tesco are being scammed. I think, didn't I see in the last couple of... Pennies! Someone was offering a pennies uh, online... Pennies don't do online. At least they didn't last time I looked. 0818 96 96 96. Yeah. Where are we going? Ah, yes. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, changing lives with the latest hearing health technology. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Cox 96 FM. Chatting yesterday about Freemasons, or the Freemasons Hall in Cork, and the plan to extend it out into Bishop Lucy Park, and the controversy that has arisen about that. That's not what I'm on about this time. I didn't mention or wonder 
who in Cork might be a Freemason. If anybody would like to, you know, put up the hand and say, I'm a Freemason and I'll talk to you about what it is. But they don't, kind of. (laughs) Justin, you want to be a Freemason. Morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? I'm very good. Yeah, that 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 was the joke yesterday. Um, no, I've I've looked into the Freemasons and and I have, after having served in the American military, I'm surrounded by them in the military, and also have a family member who's a real high member in a specific state and a specific lodge, and I talked to him about it, and I was actually going to join with them, mm-hmm. you know, and start going to the temple with them. And we moved back home. So that ended that. Um, I wasn't sure if they had a temple here because I wanted to kind of continue the path. But what I do know about them from the people that I've talked to that are active in it, it's more about brotherhood and looking out um, and sisterhood because some of the the lodges are both male and female. and, And there's different organizations. But there's, you know, main tenants are you believe in a higher power, you believe the soul is immortal and you believe in charitable work. And it's through that charitable work, helping others within the brotherhood to achieve a status to where they can provide charitable aid. Uh, for example, in the United States, the Shriners children's hospitals, right? That's one example of what the Freemasons do. Mm. There, there, so there, there's there's this of, image, uh, oh. Justin, of secret handshakes and you being stopped by a cop for speeding on the freeway, right? And then mm. the cop, you make a sign with your fingers to the cop, and the cop realizes mm-hmm. you're a Freemason, and the cop is a Freemason, and there's no and there's no speeding ticket. Is that nonsense? Uh, in the states, I it depends what you do. I, I wouldn't say it hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you, in the United States, Freemasons they won't talk about it because it's about when it's a secret, they it's like a secret charitable work. It's a, no, it's about selfless service to mankind. Yeah, do you understand? Like they give to charity without anybody knowing where it really comes from. I see. Because charity, charity is about giving and not needing recognition for it. I see. You know. And just in my interactions with Freemasons in the United States, yeah, I'm, I'm discussing. I don't know how the society works here. Uh, you know, I don't see a lot of people getting speeding tickets here to begin with. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I remember reading a book years ago, and it's quite a while now since I read it. But it was called The Brotherhood, and it was going into the the history of Freemasonry, and mm-hmm. it talked about judges who were Freemasons uh, and the way that they yes. would fold their arms on the bench. To let the accused know, oh, you're all right, son, because I'm a Freemason too. I think that goes a little above conspiracy because I know Freemasons that would not abide by someone breaking the law just because it was a Freemason. Yeah. You know, and letting them off the hook for it. I may be able to arrange an interview for you. But Justin, it's I would be, love uh, to do that. I was just going to ask, and I'll put you back onto the team. It'll be a time difference. Oh, that's, we can, you know? we can organize that. We can, so I'd love to okay. talk to a Freemason about getting into it, what it's like, what you do, and maybe bust a few myths for us. I would love to do that, Justin. I really would. Yeah. I'll, I'll see if the gentleman will speak with you. He's in the States, so the time difference would apply. We can work that, we can work that out. We can, we can work that out. I put you back on there to, to Richard and to Emer, Justin, and we can we can work that out. That's That, that lads, is... I like that. Let's work. Let's work on that. 
um, and see if we can't get a, a, a senior Freemason from the United States to talk to us a little bit about about Freemasonry. Unless, of course, some senior Freemason in Cork wants to wants to, to trump it, but yeah. 0818 96 96 96. There's a new, a new scam phone call starting now. Half three in the morning they ring you. Uh, it's a new low. PJ, I've been scammed by Amazon a few times. Now the bank has blocked my card for all Amazon transactions. It helps me not to buy any more, says Dill. Yeah, there were... I, now, yeah, I was probably in terms of buying stuff. But yeah, you do get these phone calls purporting to come from Amazon. And they'll always ring your mobile. Hi, you have been connected to Amazon. You owe us... No, you don't. No, you absolutely don't. Um, I got a call to my landline at home, which nobody has. Like, I don't even think the team behind the glass there have my landline. Um, and I got a call to my landline. Hello, this is Amazon. You owe... I don't. They don't have my flipping landline. You know? Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. 96 uh, Okay. I don't know what that's about, but let's do it. Two girls in their pajamas. Five o'clock one morning came onto my property... They were caught on my camera slashing three of my tires. They were arrested. They pleaded guilty. Nothing happened. I had to pay 465 euro for new tires, all because they're under 16. One girl was 13, the other just coming up to 16. They won't be put in front of a judge. And one of the moms drives a new Audi A4. Yeah, look, listen. We've been there, heard that one. There's no justice for for the youth when they do something like that. Right, Uh, the Barbie movie is out on July 21st. There are grown men, and women, but there are grown men. Cannot wait for the Barbie movie, which is out on July the 21st, which is two weeks today. Avril O'Reilly, how long have you been collecting Barbie dolls? Morning. Uh, good morning to you, PJ. I've been collecting for about 30 years now. Really? I have. My collection is very small because I give, as, give away as well as collect. But yeah, 30 years. And started when you were a kid, I take it? No, it didn't. It started when I was in London. I did a project on black Barbie dolls in Brixton having their hair done, and I took photographs. And Hang on, stop, it kind of, stop, stop a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interest Sorry. peaked here. Um, black Barbie dolls in Brixton. Tell me more. Yeah. Well, I was living uh, near Brixton, and I was part of a photography group, and we were doing positive images of Brixton. And coming from Cork, I was just blown away by the black hairstyles that you saw in Brixton. People were just... Afro styles, yeah, and braids and twists and plaits and um, black hair is, is strong and you can do amazing styles. And I just thought it was stunning. So I said, I'll do a project on black hair. Then I thought, I'll do Barbie dolls. Nice. Um, so I, yeah, so I took the dolls, looking back, looking, I took the dolls into the hairdressers, had the hair done. Then I took the photographs. Right. And I've loved them ever since. I've been collecting mostly mostly black dolls, but Barbie generally. But yeah, ever since. And you, I love you, them. Do you do them up, 
or until them on? Or, oh, there's a picture there. Is that you? Oh, that's me in the picture, yeah. Okay, I'm looking. All, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're all sitting on the shelf, and you have a mama doll and a granny doll. Where do you get they them? Were, yeah. they, they come from all over. Oh, gosh. Um, like, you can go down to Smith's Toys and get beautiful Barbies. Sometimes I got them on eBay. Mm. Um, you see them in charity shops. Um, they come from all over the place, and um, people give them to me. Then sometimes I, I give them away. I, I always think of dolls. You're either playing with them, or you're displaying them, or you sell them. And I give them to kids so they get played with sometimes, and other times I keep them for me, and what you're seeing in the picture, that's that's my gang of girls. <laughs> my gang. Now, I, I take it you'll be queuing up to go and see the movie? Oh, we've booked the tickets already. We're going to see it, I think, down in Mahon Cinema with my sisters and family. And Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, we'll be there. We'll be there, and if I can persuade my family, we might dress up as Barbie. No. We might. We might. Well, people do. When people go to Disney, they dress up. They're Minnie Mouse. They're this and that. Why not dress up as Barbie? Okay. Okay. What about Ken? Ken, um, I'm not sure if my brother is coming, but we'd certainly persuade him to put on a Ken cowboy hat or something. We, you know what? If you if you're gonna do it, do it right. Mm. Margot Robbie playing playing Barbie. Good call. Fabulous. Fabulous. Mm. She's she's just she. <laughs> She's so sincere. Wasn't she Lois Lane? Oh, right, have I someone have I the wrong one? No, I I don't. She was she was Harley Quinn. She was oh, she was the Wolf of Wall Street. She was the really beautiful wife. Yeah, she's been yeah. Up to I think she was in one of the supermarket or Superman supermarket movies, Superman right, yeah. movies as 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 Lois Lane. Yeah, we'll have to send a reporter to that. You know, there's been a bit of pushback over the years about Barbie and and body size. I mean, I used yeah. to think it was all a bit flip and daft, like it's a plastic doll. Give over. Yeah. But but did you think that that there was worth pushing back tiny, a tiny waist and image misrepresenting real women? Barbies and Cindy's and all them dolls. Uh, well, you know, I just think they've they've made a big effort now to have bigger Barbies, more curvy Barbies. Mm. And I just think when you hold one of them in your hands, um, it just feels more like a proper doll. For me now, when I look at the 50s vintage Barbies, it looks like a very slim, stick-like body with a pretty face. But when you see them with a proper curvy body, you think, she's me. And yeah. anyone who buys a Barbie doll, she wants to say, I'm her, I'm her, she's me, she's me. That's what you okay. want. Because I'm I thinking when, when, when I heard they were casting a movie, of course, look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, yeah. I'm a fella, which means I'm thick anyway, right? But I thought, <laughs> how are they going to get someone to actually look like that Barbie that we all knew? Yeah. Well, they've done it. <laughs> they've, they've done it. I mean, she's, she's a very tall, beautiful... But the great thing about Margot Robbie is she can look awful in a movie. When she was in... I, Tonya, she was a redneck figure skater. And she looked, she cut the hair short, she had pimples. But in real life, she's a very right. beautiful. That was, she was, I, now, now I know exactly you who you're talking Oh, okay. yeah, she was, I remember that movie. That was about the skating <laughs> route with the Olympics. Yeah, and didn't she look hideous? Just but then when awful. she put on the full makeup, yeah, yeah. But she's, I guess she's, I don't know if she was a model ever, but she's got the kind of face that you can make her beautiful. I mean, she's, the bone structure is lovely, mm. the hair is. Uh, so she she's does a, a makeup Barbie. artist dream. Any other interesting collections there? Do you have? Do I have? Um, I, I, I don't. It is just Barbie. I do collect a lot of lovely Barbie clothes. Mm. Um, cause I, and 
I'd love to invent my own paper doll because I think the clothes of what we love playing with is different characters. You know, if she's wearing this outfit, she's a policewoman. If she's wearing this, she's a dancer. Um, so I'm trying to make my own paper doll. Um, and I think that that's the next thing I'll do. But Barbie is such a big... It just goes in so many directions. Monster High. I would have a few Monster High, I suppose. That's a collection. Monster High. They have another little doll that... People you better you better fill love. me in on that one, Avril. Now, to be honest. Oh, Monster High. Okay, <laughs> that's a set of little dolls, right. and they're all they, they go to high school, and they're all monsters, and they're again beautiful clothes. They're very articulated. The hands move, big uh, face paint, big eyeshadow, um, and then big backstories. So all the, they all have different names. So Claudine is is the Latina doll and she's interested in this and that and they all come with beautiful clothes and they have big moulded shoes so if you have a, a daughter who likes Dolly, say Monster Hive because that's another world mm, I gotcha. Did you ever collect the cabbage patches? I didn't I didn't. Yeah. One of my sisters had cabbage patches What do we have? Let me take Care Bears Care Bears, I'll yeah. tell you what I collect. I'll tell you what I collected that I loved. I'd forgotten this now. Do you remember off Princess Street there used to be a shop called Planes and Boats Trains? I do indeed. <laughs> remember? So you'd either go in for your trains, boats, or you'd go in for it. They had a thing called Anna and Happy Time. And she was a real Anglo Irish cork girl. She had her pony, she had her jodhpurs, her jodhpur boots. Uh, and Very she had all the like. pieces. Yeah, she was awfully like, you know. <laughs> I think she was, and I'm not sure where she kept her peony, but she did. And she was, I collected her, and now she's, they talk about the value of Barbie dolls, but Anna and Happy Time, they were real. They only went for a little while, um, and people loved them. Yeah, there's Jansport bags, people dolly. collect Jansport bags too. The things that people collect. Mm. You know, it's, uh, I try not to over, I try not to be a hoarder, and... You know, when people say how many Barbies, they want me to say a thousand, but I don't. I, I kind of call. I call from time to time. Do you ever come across a brony? A brony? A brony. No. Is that like a po No, no. You're right. You're right. It is yeah. grown men. Uh, it is all men who collect <laughs> okay. my little ponies. <laughs> no, I haven't. And they have I meetings but I hope so. and Zooms showing off the My Little Ponies to one another. Bronies. And is this as secret as the Freemasons? Or is I would think so, yeah. I, well, I, certainly, oh, yeah. I certainly wouldn't be advertising my membership with the Brony group, would you? I've, I've not been invited. No one said to me, Albert, do you want to come on down? We're bronying tonight. I've not been invited to that, but if anyone wants to invite me, please do. I'll bring Barbie. Had you, uh, yeah, Barbie. Had you any interest in Cindy, by the way? I did. I did. I had a beautiful Cindy doll. Um with the ballet dress and everything and my aunt used to post my aunt lived in Dublin and the best thing in the world was when a, a package would come in from my aunt wrapped in brown paper and string and a dolly inside a Cindy Ooh. happy days happy days yeah and that, the last I, question did you ever have a pregnant Barbie or was there a pregnant Barbie would you I'm, I'm going to be a bit nerdy here you can buy a bump for your Barbie, yes, and you can way. add the bump. Yeah, you can. You can. There's a web. There's a, a lady in America makes them, um, and she sells all the different colours. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yes. I'm sorry. I Barbie, asked no now. <laughs> Well, I, I'm a bit nerdy when it comes to Barbie, so I'll, I'll have a detailed answer to those questions. But she was very popular. The, the, the bump. You could buy the bump, and kids love it. Kids want to be kids. They don't want to be like Barbie. They want to be like mommy. They want to be mommy. You know. And do you have like mum. 
We don't. No, I, I, I kind of I'm on Instagram, and I know a few people from from America, but I don't. I do not know any Irish collectors. I don't. Well, I now we're going to podcast this. Okay. So it'll go out there. So if there's any other Barbie enthusiast listening, I think that you would like a meet up or a get together. Avril O'Reilly's. Yes. You could start it. You could start a club. <laughs> well, you could a well, you know what? Date. A Barbie play. <laughs> well, you're joking, but the cast of the Barbie movie were gathered together to play with Barbies and clothes, and they were they were they got stuck in. So if anyone wants to meet me. Yep, I'll bring along a box of clothes and a few Barbies and I tell you, that's that's an hour, two hours, easily. That that sounds like a date, a play date. Opinion, <laughs> opinion at 96fm.ie if anybody wants to be part of that or any interesting collections. Thanks a bunch, Avril. That finishes out today. The Barbie movie in two weeks. Is it two weeks? Yeah, two weeks time. She already has her tickets bought. Like, that's dedication to the cause. It really is. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With Hidden Hearing, focused solely on your hearing health for over 35 years. They're all ears. Visit hiddenhearing.ie. Coach 96.